Today's show is brought to you by the American Long Distance Hiking Association West, an organization of individuals interested in the pursuit of all aspects of long distance hiking. Alda West provides a forum for the exchange of ideas on every aspect from gear, food, travel, dangers, expectations, trail weather, all the way to how to ease back into normal life after months on the trail and tent stakes. Alda West hosts an annual gathering every fall to honor Triple Crown hikers, trail angels, and to celebrate endeavors of our hiking peers. Join us this year at our first ever Colorado gathering. Yeah, boy. This Rocky Mountain High themed gathering will be held September 29th through October 1st at the Keystone Science School in beautiful Keystone, Colorado. Early registration deals end July 31st and space is limited. For more information on the gathering or about All the West, visit www.aldhawest.org. You're tuned to The Trail Show. Get on the trail! We're talking about dirt, mud, blood, and guts. Que no parece fiesta. It's The Trail Show. Bam! Ah! Featuring Lawton Disco Grinter. What the hell are you two doing, Mike? Felicia P.O.D. Hermosillo. What are you girls doing up here? Mike Dilo DiLorenzo. Yo! Junaid Special 41. Daoud. I don't think you need to tell a funny pop if you got some of them little brandy on the little nub nub or something or something. And now, broadcasting live from Boulder, Colorado, it's The Trail Show. Coming to you live from the Bobby Walter Studio in Salida, Colorado's historic beer district. This is The Trail Show, and we are live at our Chafee County telecasting complex, ladies and gentlemen. The Trail Show is a monthly mashup of all things trail, and has been downloaded over half a million times. What? In 150 countries. What? Across the globe. All around, baby. We are on air, on demand, and heard worldwide on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and at thetrailshow.com. Before we set the table for today's big, big, big show, we want to mention that a few more bonus shows are up on iTunes. Wow, sweet. Go get them today. Ladies and gentlemen, Special 41 is back in studio. All right, here I am. Welcome back. I'm here in the flesh. Welcome back from the jungle. And the submarine. (laughs) Is that that where you sent that audio from like two months ago? You know, we listened to that on the road and I was just cracking up (laughs) listening to it (laughs) and hearing y'all crack wise on it. Uh, So I I do these updates from the road, right? And yeah, that was... Yeah. That was my first one, okay? It was my first one. We'll, We'll give you a pass. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got a very special guest in studio this month for our conservation interview. She was taping a special across the hall. In studio this month, we have the conservation director for the Colorado Mountain Club, a.k.a. CMC. Give it up for Julie Mock. Yeah. Nice. And by across the hall, you mean in our bathroom? Our gas bathroom? I I think so. (laughs) Uh, Julie, thanks for guesting with us today. Thanks so much for having me. And we look forward to asking you lots of gotcha questions about CMC. Oh, Snoked yeah. on it. Yeah, we're okay. going to grill you pretty hard. Very Perfect. good. All right, P.O.D., what are we serving up today on the trail show? Who knows? It's kind of getting all thrown together like my dinner was tonight. So yeah. um, I, I thought the dinner was lovely. Okay, well, hopefully the show is lovely, too. Uh, it's going to be all the 
regular stuff and maybe some irregular stuff and some surprises. Surprises? And some... Uh, That's not on my show sheet. It's not. And even though we're probably going to stay on the rails because Dilo's not here, it's going to be way out of order, people, so... Speaking of out of order, he won't... You won't be hearing from him this month. No. Oh, should man. I should I mention that right now? Go ahead. Well, there's a segment here that says missing countries. Oh, no, 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 no. Hang on to that for later. Okay. Just, just, okay. Just. So anyway, okay. it's going to be big. It's going to be successful. It's going to be huge. It's, it's going to be, be huge. Should we talk tremendous. about the beer? Yeah, let's do it. And yeah. now it's time for Mike DiLorenzo's Beer of the Month. I'd like to open the discussion by asking, like, why you guys gave me such a small glass? What, what's <laughs> going on here? There's a lot. This, there's a lot of beers. There's a lot pour. of beer, my friend. Uh, is this some sort of insinuation? Because y'all have have like mugs. Uh uh-uh, No, nah, man. I, I got the same one, bro. Oh, okay, I thought you had mugs. No. All right, we're all right then. We got we're the tasters. Right. So the onion came through and delivered. I don't believe you. He delivered beer to our front step. His dog carried it all the way from Berkeley in his little backpack. Hmm. And uh, thanks, thanks, dog. Yeah, he brought us a. Am I supposed to read this thing that he sent us? It's really long. It, I'll, I'll do that during. I'll, I'll truncate while we're recording and re- read it the next one. But we're starting off with uh, Drake's Brewing. We have the fifteen hundred dry hopped pale ale. It's quite lovely. That's what I'm having right now. As well as the Bavarian style Hefe, which is so good. It's like drinking a loaf of bread. It's amazing. Mm. That, that is pretty good. I'm, and I might have to get some more of that in a minute here. A good offering for our gluten free listeners, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and sure, then, just take and that then pill. after that, we're going to go to Fieldwork Brewing with the Salted Cucumber Farmhouse Ale. What? Salted. How could cucumber? all those yes. things be in a Farmhouse. can of beer? French Gray Sea Salt, Hothouse, and Market More Cucumbers. Mm. As well as from Fieldwork, uh, Broken Clouds Double IPA. Oh, what could possibly so, go wrong? Uh, these are just two of the breweries that he sent to us, Fieldworks and, and uh, Drake's. And I should mention that he brought a huge selection of beer and his own ice. Yeah, we he brought his own ice. Yeah, Julie, I apologize. There's a lot of inside jokes yes. going on here, so just bear with us. But anyway, it was he did bring his own ice. Brought his own ice, and yeah. he didn't take a single cube from my mm. freezer. Well, <clears throat> maybe he's uh, maybe he's mending his ways. But I did mend his running pack. Yeah, he's getting ready to run Hard Rock. Yep. So I uh, think I did a little trade. That's yeah. uh, that's pretty hard. I fixed up his pack. But I gotta say, the onion really blew us away. He's, he brought a lot of good yes. craft beers from the, uh, is it the East Ber- Bay? Berkeley something, yeah. Yeah, East Bay area of San Francisco area. And the man went above and beyond. I think he's looking for some redemption, P.O.D. I think he's trying to buy your silence with beer. Well, that's not going to work. <laughs> I, yeah, I wouldn't imagine I so. mean, uh, No? No, I mean, I'm so stoked that he brought all this beer, but... You know, I've gotten a lot of traction out of onioning the onion. And, I know. Uh, I know. It's become a thing. Until I find something better, I'm just going to have to keep going down that uh, that well. All right. Well, yeah. we'll, I mean, you know, you've got to do what you've got to do that's right. comedically. That's we'll, right. We'll check back in with all these beers as we work our way through them. But thank you, The Onion. Yeah. Big thanks, man. And uh, good luck there in Hard Rock. By the time this comes where out, is, I Where is that, that, uh, that IPA? The IPA? You want the IPA? Yeah, let's give it a shot. Give him the double. Because I've got an empty glass here, and that goes against, like, Article 1 of the trail show. <laughs> That's a good point. Let's get right into yeah. our conservation interview. Now, normally we do trail news right out of the gate, but tonight we're switching things up, D-Lo, so don't freak out. 
He's freaking out. I right know now. he's freaking he's out. At, he's at the gym throwing weights. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> so, folks know from last month's show, we mentioned the fact that we've been recording the trail show and mostly in Boulder the last like nine or ten months, and we record at the Colorado Mountain Club's Boulder meeting room. And unfortunately, that meeting room has gone away. But oddly enough, someone that works for the Colorado Mountain Club lives here in Salida. And a mutual friend of ours who you also heard on last month's show, Steve Staley with the Colorado Trail Foundation, introduced us. And we have Julie Mock from CMC. Now, you're their conservation director. Correct. Correct. Okay. I guess we should start at the beginning. Um, tell us about your birth. No, no. <laughs> tell us about c- what does CMC do and like a little about their mission. And then we want to hear about the conservation piece of CMC, which we didn't actually know existed until recently. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so we'll go with recently. <laughs> yeah. At least I didn't know. Maybe you knew special. No, I won't pretend I did. Okay, very good. No, you're in the same boat as a lot of people. And I won't tell you when I was born, but CMC was started in 1912. So we're one of the oldest nonprofits um, wow. in the in the state and in the country. Um, and we're all about recreation. That's what we were built on and, and founded upon was getting people out into the mountains of Colorado, teaching them how to hike and how to climb and mountaineer and travel safely. Um bag a lot of peaks um, and do it with with people that they were friends with. Um, so really, you know, recreation is our, our core and we do a ton of classes and courses, um, everything from just basic backpacking skills to high altitude mountaineering, technical climbing, backcountry skiing, a little bit of everything. Um, and then we've got trips um, traveling all over the state. Um, again, everything from a, a basic hike outside of Denver um, to 14er bagging and international trips um, oh, all over wow. the world. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's the core of what we do. But along with that is um, kind of the conservation piece. And I'm, I'm glad to hear that you guys are picking up on that, um, especially in the, the current political climate. It's, it's becoming more and more important. And it's super important in Colorado. Um, we've got tons of people moving here for the recreation. It's attracting business businesses and and new folks um you know our state's expected to double in size and all of those people they want to get outside they want to use our trails um but if we don't have sustainable recreation opportunities for them um we're going to destroy our public lands in the process um so that's really what our our department is is focused on is making sure that if we're putting people out into the woods and out on the mountains um we're we're taking care of them um we do that in a, a couple of different ways um one is through advocacy work and making sure that the the policies the legislation that we have in place and the um land management plans that really dictate how we um you know are are using the land using the forest service lands and BLM lands, um, that those are, are good policies and they're strong and they're supportive um, of the funding that we need for conservation um, and the funding we need for sustainable trails. Um, then the other piece of that is actually going out on the on the ground and, and doing stewardship work. Um, so we've got a seasonal crew that does um, trail work and habitat restoration and monitoring work and um, pulls volunteers in to, to help with that. Okay, so... I I didn't realize that either. So tell me a little bit about the seasonal crew. Like how many folks is it? Is it a different group of folks every year? Can people 
volunteer to be on that crew and and what kind of projects are they working on yeah so we've got a a paid crew we've got two folks that we bring in um, and essentially they're working for six months out of the year all over the state on a bunch of different projects so they're working with the forest service the blm um, some local um, municipal uh, land managers and doing again trail work habitat restoration um, and pulling in in volunteers to help with that so they work they go out in the field um, for four 10-hour days every week. Um, right now they are in Paonia, actually. They're mm. over in the Raggeds Wilderness. Oh, cool. nice. Yeah, so they've been out there for like eight days. Basically, they're getting paid to go backpacking and occasionally do a little bit of trail maintenance and cut out trees, that sort of thing. Um, so mm. they've got they've got a pretty sweet gig. Um, we are always, we're hiring for that crew in the spring and looking for, you know, young adults that are interested in getting into the conservation field, maybe have a little bit of experience with a, a youth corps or other um, you know, program where they've, they've They've been outside. They've done some of that work, um, but they really want to transition into a more kind of professional program. Um, this gives them the chance to kind of build some new skills and then um, develop that volunteer leadership component as well. Um, so they lead 10 to 15 volunteer events, um, typically on Saturdays. And again, everything from, you know, putting in water bars and erosion control structures mm-hmm. oh, yeah. um, to building, building brand new trail, um, you know, and doing, like I said, habitat restoration, riparian restoration, that sort of thing. We've got a couple 14ers projects this year on Mount Albert Ooh. and on Pikes Peak. Nice. Yeah. Mount Albert. That, that's surprising. That doesn't get any traffic at all. <laughs> no, <laughs> none at all. That's like nobody goes up there. They've actually got to put in signs to keep people off of the trail while they're working so they don't actually get run over. But, oh my gosh. Yeah. Did you say those are like are those six month positions or yeah they're they're seasonal positions um just because most of our work is is pretty heavy in the summer and fall and then the volunteers that they rope in can you could just your standard person sign up for a four-day or an eight-day volunteer you know totally yeah we've got a a range of opportunities from you know just kind of one day intro things for folks that have never done trail work um it's a great way to get you know families out and stuff too. come see a new part of the state um and get a little taste of of what it's like and then we have more technical projects where we're looking for people that you know can climb a 14er and then you know swing a tool at fourteen thousand feet right so wow very cool that's awesome yeah i didn't know that they had those because we're always promoting opportunities, especially to do trail maintenance and stuff like that. But I didn't know the CMC had that available. Who knew? I didn't either. I assume all this info <clears throat> is on cmc.org. It is. And that's where folks would sign up or fill out an application. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So the easiest way is to go to our conservation page and then all of our volunteer opportunities are listed there. Um, and it's super easy to sign up and we'll give you all the info you need. So Very let's, cool. Let's go back to the swinging tools at fourteen thousand feet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what what are you actually going to be doing up uh, on some of these trails? Uh, again, it's going to be mostly maintenance and restoration work. They've Whoa. got some. <laughs> Whoops! N- nice work. down. It was empty. <laughs> Sorry, please continue. <laughs> They've um, got some reroutes on some of these 14er trails. Um, a lot of the trails on the National Forest System um, were user-created initially, yeah. so people literally took the kind of most direct route, especially above tree line up to the peak. Yeah. Um, a lot of times that's not the most sustainable route. There's a lot of erosion happening, and as we get more and more folks on those trails, um, they're just falling apart. So we've got some big reroutes planned. We'll be putting in more sustainable alignments and then rehabilitating those degraded areas. Yeah, and Albert's like totally braided up there. Yeah, yeah it's it, crazy. It, there's trails everywhere. Yeah, it's. That, uh, I mean, it gets 
when I was up there before, there was literally like 50 people at the top doing a, a little a little dance. So I'm not even kidding. 50? There, yeah, there was like somebody somebody was finishing up there. They they had done all the other 14ers, oh, and yeah. so they were finishing up there. Uh, and they had all their friends and like family and stuff like go do it with them. Uh, and they did this little like flash mob kind I of a dance at the top. It was really strange. We We were sitting up mm. there like, you know, just checking it out and looking around, and there's just like all these people doing this dance. So pretty bizarre. <laughs> it's becoming so popular. Our crew did a, a monitoring project for the Forest Service last year. They put a trail counter at one of the trailheads for the 14ers, and hundreds, hundreds of people every weekend up yeah. there. And um, a lot of them know what they're doing, but a lot of them have, you know, it's their first time into Colorado. They want to bag that peak, and Blue they don't jeans. have the yeah, they don't oh, have yeah. the trail etiquette. They don't know that they should stay on the trail and not cause that break. Not, not leave cause. that surface poo right exactly. next to the trail. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That, oh boy. It's definitely a pretty <laughs> impacted area. I mean, it, all of the front range peaks are to some degree or another, but, you know, being the tallest and whatnot, it's, uh, pe- people definitely come out there. You, you know, I think people should have to bring in, you know, like a certain pound quantity of trash before they're allowed to go up a 14er so that they can bring in yeah like the you know around the trailheads and just like one mile in there's all kinds of surface poos you know because people they're <laughs> like no i'm good i'm good i'm not going to use the trailhead privy and then they they get like 10 minutes in and they yeah. like start moving like oh and then they oh just, god the bagel and the coffee they just leave it right there next to the trail you know good lord maroon bells has started sending people out with wag bags literally yeah i heard that yeah. and especially around conundrum hot springs it Ugh, you might, so you may or may not know about this. Do they now have like a permit system? Is that what I heard? They're working on it. So they just finished a, a kind of a new management plan for the whole Maroon Bells Wilderness area okay. because yeah. it's just totally overrun. Conundrums a, one of the biggest so problem areas. Um, but yeah, they're they're looking at how they need to uh, literally just control the masses, um, and that's through permitting. It you know maybe through restrictions in the future. Um, right now, it's just to kind of manage the number of people are out there, but um, they may have to restrict it. Yeah. Um, no trace. Uh, some of the other traveling trainers were just over at Conundrum doing a, uh, a hot spot there. Um, so doing some like intensive week long outreach and good yeah, luck. Very impacted. Oh my gosh! Yeah. And it, the thing that's surprising about Conundrum is it it's a seven mile hike in, which you would think would be far enough from a trailhead that it actually wouldn't get as many people, but. People but in Colorado get out. They, well, seven and, miles doesn't matter. And also, it's a pretty easy seven miles. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. The thing I mean, is, is that if only you had to go over a triangle pass on both sides to get to Conundrum, then it would be a lot different. You know, because oh, like yeah. from the Crested Butte side, we would go over Triangle Pass, right? right. And that's like a thirteen thousand foot pass. That's a little bit. Until the snowplug melts, it's sketchy. So I, you if, know, if and we thing, could just install a 13,000-foot pass on the other side, that'd be great. <laughs> oh, that's I think idea. we also just need to get the word out there that, that it's not very great. I mean, it, it, it is isn't. nice, but if you're looking for a hot springs, you're going to get up there and get in the water and be like sorely disappointed because it is a warm spring yeah. at best. And it's, yeah. it's only like knee-deep, so you have to sit in it. Yeah. It's, and the entrance and exit, that's real rocky, and so everybody looks ridiculous when they're trying to get in and out naked, you know? It's pretty funny. <laughs> and there's uh, glass all over the place. And Broken Surrounded glass. by a hundred of your closest friends yeah. who you don't know and don't want to know. <laughs> take a fecal sample from that water. Oh, they see, have. See how you do. They yeah. have, and it's... It always comes back a little yeah. dicey. You're going to get the itchies after you've been in there for a while. Oh, Let's Lord. Yeah. Anyway, back to CMC. Well, <laughs> well, and back, you mentioned Crested Butte. And, Julie, I got to ask you about writing letters. Because when, I, when we lived in Crested Butte, I worked briefly for the High Country Citizens Alliance. 
as a conservation analyst. Mm -hmm. And part of my job, actually the main part of my job, was writing letters to the U.S. Forest Service and the BLM on various projects that they were proposing. They'd put out a scoping notice. Mm -hmm. And if you, I'm sure you're familiar with NEPA and scoping notices and EAs and EISs. And so... Do you get to write letters? I is do. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real fun part of my job. Actually, it is. It's a it's a cool part of my job. I do a lot of land management planning work. So we're working with the forests on their forest management plans, on travel planning, um, and then on specific projects as well. One thing we do a lot of is is try to get kind of mobilize that grassroots um, groups too, because they you know they hear from CMC, they hear from HICA and the Wilderness Society and Sierra Club. They hear from us all the time right. um, because we right. have paid staff have to do that but who they really want to hear from are the, the local folks the local trail users the people that are being impacted by the decisions that they're making um, so we've got a, a letter writing campaign going on right now for our, our national monuments you guys may have oh, heard yeah. about i submitted mine a couple of days ago fantastic yeah. yeah we were just up in denver at ratio um, beer works last night Ooh. and had a bunch of people out yeah. and writing postcards and, oh, and cool yeah where yeah. where the heck is ratio it is on i think it's larimer street Hmm. It's um, another new brewery in Denver yeah. that <laughs> I don't I don't know about because I can't keep up. Yeah, no, it was it was great. They had great beer and they're super supportive of a ton of different conservation issues. I think so. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, but um, it is it's really important for our lawmakers and then our our public land managers to hear from from local folks about what the the key issues are and what they want to see happen on the ground. Do you or does CMC have any interactions with lawmakers? We do. Um, as little as possible from my standpoint, it's not the favorite part of my job, but yeah. um, we do. We go and we um, testify on the Hill. We go to D.C. on occasion. No kidding. Um, and CMC. Yeah. Who yeah, knew? We Who knew up. this? Um, and we've got some killer volunteers that actually live up in Denver that do a lot more of that kind of policy and legislative work. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it's a big part of what we do. do have you guys ever done the uh, hike the hill? We have. Oh, yep. cool. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know CDTA is big on that. Mm -hmm. And I think, is Alda West doing Hike the Hill now? Well, or? All Good goes. Okay. He's gone several times. So I don't know if he's going for Alda or if he's going for CDTA or... Yeah, yeah I mean, the CDTC... Uh, or CDTC. C. CDTC. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they, they go. I know PCTA goes as well. All the West. I, yeah, a lot of the trail organizations are, yeah. are going as kind of a regular thing now. Oh, I know what I was going to ask you, and I hope, I hope this doesn't put you on the spot. Do you know roughly what CMC's membership is? Yeah, um, we've got 6,300 members somewhere in oh, that wow. neck of the woods. What? Yeah. yeah, our biggest, you know. That's incredible. It is, and, um, you know, biggest population center is obviously Denver, Boulder, Springs. Um, we do have groups around the state in Eagle County. We've got folks here in Chafee County and down in Durango and on the Western Slope. And, um, yeah, tons of people, and they're getting out over 1,000 trips a year. Um, wow. wow. Yeah. So you you guys are you're getting people out there. Absolutely. You know? That's awesome. And I didn't realize that until I talked to you recently that CMC was really doing anything, you know, on this side of Colorado and you guys just had an event at the local brewery. We did. Yeah, we had one at uh it's Soulcraft now, not uh -huh. Hubbub anymore. Um right. Yeah, we did this a similar kind of letter writing campaign there um, to get folks commenting on the national monuments, um, but also just to bring trail folks together. So we have these maps and beers event where people just oh. grab a beer and look at maps and talk about where they like oh, to go man. and hike Two of my and favorite ski. Things. And, yeah, <laughs> maps and beers. I was so bummed. I was in Denver that day um, doing some work and I couldn't make it back in time. It's a fun one. We'll have a couple more. We've got one at Elevation, I think, coming up in the next month. Oh so. yes. 
That's one of our favorite places to go. Yep. Julie, is there anything that we haven't asked you about CMC that you want to get out there tonight? Just encourage folks to learn about the organization and and some of the partners that we work with. I guess we didn't really mention. Um, yeah, please do. We, you know, a lot of our advocacy work um, we try to do in coordination with with other groups. Um, you know, we've got a, a strong voice with our membership, um, but we can be a lot stronger when we're we're speaking in kind of a unified voice. So we work both on the conservation side and the recreation side. So with the the traditional players like Wilderness Society and Sierra Club and and those folks, um, but also on the the recreation side, we're working through an organization called Outdoor Alliance, um, where we work with the International Mountain Bike Association, American Whitewater, Access Fund for the Climbers. So really pulling all the the human-powered outdoor recreationists together um, to, again, you know, go out to D.C. And, and lobby and work on local issues here in Colorado as well. So if somebody would like to join the uh, CMC, what's the uh, what's the membership start at? It's 70 bucks a year. Um, unless you're under 30, then it's only 30 bucks a year. So, oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, it's a great deal. And, and you get Again, free access to all the trips. You get huge discounts on trainings. We did just did a wilderness first aid training um, out in Buena Vista. Seventy five bucks for a sixteen hour course. Uh, that's pretty cheap. Yeah. I think we paid like three hundred. Yeah. when we did, did ours. We missed um, that pod. We could have done that right up the road. We'll yeah. have another one. What, what are some of the other cool. uh, member benefits? Um, we've also got pro deals for folks. So huge discounts on, oh, on wow. gear and stuff too, um, and access to our international trips and, and tons of other you know events. And, and I, we have a friend who's taken several of the classes like the mountaineering classes Mm -hmm. and stuff and those look awesome they are super highly qualified trainers and and a great way to get into that those sports that are a little more technical yeah it's really cool yeah very cool so you can join you can make a donation or if you're interested in volunteering it's cmc.org julie thanks so much for guesting with us tonight on the show thank you so much for having me excellent should we go into trail news before we go to break sure i think we got time i think we do yeah All right. And with all the news this fit to be heard, Special 41, take it away. Greetings and salutations, Trail Show Nation. Uh, So we've got some, we got a lot of items that I can kind of go through real quick here. Uh, They all fall into like a few categories. The first category is bears. Uh, So recently, this is like maybe it dated at the end of June, there were two black bear attack fatalities in Alaska on two consecutive days. Yeah, I heard about one of these at least. Yeah, so one of one of them was uh, a teen who was uh participating in like this mountain race and got separated from, you know, other people and other members of the group. Um and then called or texted, I guess, his uh his family saying that he was being chased by a bear. And mm. then they ended up, you know, sort of suspending the race or whatever was going on and and everybody tried to get out there and find him and unfortunately they did and he was deceased. Oh, so, did they find the bear? Yeah, it was yeah, actually it was guarding, guarding his, his body. Yeah. Oh gosh. That's yeah. grim. Yeah, so pretty bad stuff. Um and and contrary to popular belief, there aren't like a ton of black bear fatalities in yeah, Alaska. It's, really weird. it's, you know, typically well, I don't know about typically, but you know, the grizz are the ones ones that they're more known for. Sure. But, but even so, I mean, like they're they're not actually that all that common. Hmm. But so the the next day, um, there was a second incident in uh, near Delton Junction, Alaska, and these were some uh, some employees for like a mine, the local Pogo mine. 
Not, I don't think they mine Pogo. I don't. Not affiliated anyway. with Pogo. So. No, it's not okay. where the sticks come from. Okay. Uh, but there was uh, there was somebody who was out there doing some sampling, and uh, one of the employees was was offed by by another black bear. An employee. Oh, I do remember I, the I story didn't hear now. That story. Yes. Yeah. It's crazy. So, wow. Anyway, pre- pretty crazy. Uh, statistically, like, just insane that you would have two fatalities from black bears on two consecutive days. I mean, talk about getting. Super unlucky kind of a deal. Yeah, crazy. Uh, and the the people like the race director for the the young teen that was killed was like, you know, they weren't doing anything wrong. They just it just wrong happened. place, wrong time kind of a deal. Alaska. Yeah. 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 So the uh, the second one, this is this is a little bit nicer. There, so there were a couple of a uh, couple of friends that were out, um, and they were near. Let's see, where is that again? Clooney Lake, and they were uh, they were mountain biking. And one of them got rushed. They heard like some some rustling in the woods or whatever, and they didn't know what it was going to be. And then, sure enough, this grizz came out, charged them. Uh, the one guy was trying to keep his bike in between him and the bear, but was getting like bit at and slashed at and stuff. And, oh wow! Uh, so his buddy sort of uh, pulled out his his bear spray and just doused this bear and managed to drive it off. It worked. Yeah, yeah. Incredibly, it actually did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean. Goodness. There was that recent story about the guy in Montana who got mauled twice, who yeah. apparently sprayed the bear and it didn't yeah. work. But but by and well, large, there's a he, lot of he. The bear went away and yeah. then it came back. Yeah, I mean, and he that's sprayed pretty, it a second time. Right, it went away and then he was able to get to the trailhead. Yeah, I mean, but that's a pretty common thing in an attack for them to like wander off and then come back. Yeah, so, and that's one of the reasons they tell you to like if you're going to do the whole play dead thing. I guess they say to you know, really waiting for it to, to go all the way away. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. It's uh beauty. You carry bear spray in Idaho. Yeah. I've actually, I, I try to generally just pretend that they don't exist. Um, when I'm in grizzly bear country and, um, <laughs> yeah. cause it's just easier that way. It's like being in the water and pretending there's no sharks. But this past, like the past four or five days, I've like thought about it. It's like come to my head a couple of times and I've been like, I usually only right. think about it when I'm going to sleep. In grizzly country. Yeah, that, that doesn't bother me. I don't feel like they're going to attack me in my tent. I feel like it's more likely they're going to attack me while I'm walking and I startle that them or something. seems to be, you know, I was doing you know? some other reading after I first read about the uh, the two, t- two people in a day article. Yeah. And I was like, man, that is insane. So I was, I was looking up some of the stats and it tends to be like a surprise or a, uh, yeah. a guarding thing. So yeah. in the case of this, uh, these mountain bikers, uh, they there actually was a baby... Uh, brown bear up in a tree so it was definitely yeah, yeah, like yeah, it yeah. somehow and i don't you know. sleep with my food in my tent i mean not in grizzly bear country so i, I don't feel like they would come in after me but I'll, I'll have my bear spray yeah hopefully i won't have to use it <laughs> julie have you had any bear encounters you know i haven't personally the only bear i've ever seen in colorado was running down first street in salida what? <laughs> no joke um beautiful like cinnamon colored yeah. little black bear and um, wow. Okay. But I, I did work for an organization who had a kid get um, attacked by a bear in his tent, actually. Um, but it was a habituated bear had been hanging out in a, a homeless camp, we think, and just Ooh. knew that uh, the tents were where the, the food, food was. was. So yeah. Yeah. So anyway, lesson of the day is uh, avoid bears and don't <laughs> surprise them if you can. Yeah. Uh, make, make that noise. Wear that bell. Whatever. You, whatever. I don't know those bells. I don't, I, I don't really think they work that well. Yeah. I, I got to say, I, I'm more of, a, more of a fan of like doing some singing or sure. making some sort of human sound rather than like a rather indistinct 
Well, I'm going to be eating black beans, rehydrated black beans the whole trail, so I'll be making lots of human sounds while I walk. Yeah, that that should do it. (laughs) They'll be scared. (laughs) A little little horn. That's right. Um, (laughs) So uh, the next... next Whoa, whoa. Get those people out of here. Yeah, get them out of here. Come on, come on. It's a family show. Uh, So the next news item is, uh, do you all remember when scientists were saying like a couple of months ago that... Uh, it was going to be a really bad disease or a Lyme disease and tick year. Yes, I've actually heard that Colorado is supposedly having a bad tick year. Yeah, so basically, this is a this article um, from ABC News is saying that like, well, hold your horses. The a lot of the information is is very like location specific and generalizing it to the broader context and and in all these different areas is eh, maybe maybe a little too early to say. Stretch. Yeah, so like one of the uh, the the things that was like used to say like it's going to be a really bad year is there was like one population of ticks that was really well studied and and it was sort of um, driven by this like boom bust cycle of rabbits. Okay, um, and hmm. so they were saying, oh well, conditions have been good for you know whatever the rabbit food, so the rabbits are going to be you know they've been real big the last two years, so we're expecting lots of ticks this hmm. year. But that is also sort of like in this one area, and there's all the different places. In any case, um, if you were freaked out about it, as I was, because the area we've been traveling, we've like had to deal with a lot of ticks, and like tick Ooh. checks are yeah. a daily part of life. I got two of them uh, in like the same day. Attached? Yeah, yeah. They they got me. <gasps> yeah, they were the. They hadn't been on there very long. They hadn't like you know engorged or whatever, and I Ew. managed to get them off clean. Oh. Yeah, but man, I hate clean those off. bastards. They're so, so gross. They are, and you know they've got that yeah. Lyme disease. They've also got the Rocky Mountain Rocky Mountain spotted fever that they can transmit. They've got all kinds. Some of other stuff, weird man. ones. The one that scares me is the one that they've got in like Texas. I mean, not that makes all you allergic to meat. Yeah, it makes yeah. you allergic to red meat. They've got some sugar that they inject. Maybe that'd be you a good thing for this country. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but uh, maybe. What about saying, all those? Can we just keto eat less without having yeah. to be allergic to it? Yeah, that's true. The next like category for for news stories this month is I got lost. So hmm. there was uh, a woman in let's see the Little Notches Forest. Um, Kayleen Johnson, twenty. Is that Kentucky? Uh, so, no, this is uh, Washington. Okay. So she was near Chinook Pass, uh, east of Chinook Pass, and it was out for eight days with no food or shelter. Wow. Yeah. So um, apparently she got sep. I forget exactly how it happened, but it was a, it was a, a PCTA member who ended up saving her, which was ah, the the part crazy. that I of the story that I thought was kind of cool. Um, so yeah, he ended up. It was Matt Leonard from the Pacific Crest Trail Association was out doing some trail work, marking trails, uh, and heard her yelling. She had like her and her I think grandfather were out there recreating and somehow got like caught in this ditch. Um, mm. I think they were on ATVs or something and she tried to go for help and got lost. And the, the story sounded a little wow. confusing, um, but mm. apparently uh, Faith got her through. I don't know what the heck she ate for eight days, but... Uh, mm, probably nothing. Yeah. I, <laughs> Grass. Yeah. Sage. So I don't know what's out that there. one wasn't very cool, but I, I like that she was saved by a PCTA. Yeah, that's pretty yeah, cool. That's worker. Pretty neat. Uh, next, what else you got? Next is also a hiker rescued... Um, near Wrightwood, California, uh, after falling from the PCT. Unclear on this one whether this was a, a mm. through hiker or whether it was like just a local person in the area that was up there hiking. But 
So like, I feel like earlier this year, there were three or four cases right in a row um, just outside of Wrightwood to the north on Baden-Powell. Okay. Uh, like, and I think it's, it's on that Islip Saddle area somewhere in there. But people just kept falling and dying or getting like severely hurt. And hmm. This was happening all the time. So I, mean, I don't know what to say, but like, be, be careful when you're going through White, Wrightwood area, for God's sake. I don't like, remember anything about that section being very... Yeah. yeah, I mean, huh. once if when I went, there was definitely a bunch of snow. Um, yeah, there and, was for us too. And like you go, yeah. you kind of are doing all these switchbacks, and it's easy to lose the trail in the snow if you're going up all these sure. switchbacks. True. But then you get to the top where there's like the big old trees and stuff. But then after that, you're kind of like on that ridge, and I think that's sort of the area where people, uh, okay, you know, if there's like lingering snow banks, then they slide on those and then tumble and stuff. So, hmm. in any case, this uh, Matthew Paulson. He's 50 years old, was hiking, and uh, yeah, fell. Unclear exactly how, how far he fell, but managed to climb his way up at some point and get cell uh, signal, and they sent in the choppers and lowered Send down and got him out. Um, so yeah, there's, there's another one of those. Uh, another one, um, this is on the Obsidian Trail in Oregon, uh, just to the north of the like, Three Sisters right there. Oh, yeah. Just before you get to that D-Ride Observatory. Yep. They were found okay. This sounds a lot like one of those, oh my gosh, I'm totally turned around. I'm going to call for help and then manage to just like, oh, oh, I guess I'm, I guess I'm still on the trail. <laughs> I guess I'll follow this back to the parking lot. Uh, yep. So yeah, they, the, I think it was like two people um, were expecting them to return. They didn't in time. So like, yeah, anyway. Um, another, oh no, I'm lost. So, I mean, maps people, maps. Yeah. Can, can we just agree? I'm lost. Oh my God. Oh look, maps. there's the parking lot. Yeah. Maps and brews. That's all you need. And that's then right. uh, uh, Skamini. Those people need to go to the CMC training course. <laughs> I know. That's Absolutely. what I'm saying. That's what I'm talking and about. And then the, so this, the next story is also a, I got lost, but this is like seven, or I'm sorry, 11 different um, instances of search and rescue, having to rescue people from Skamania County. Uh, Where's Skamania? Uh, this is Washington. Skamania County, Washington, um, since June 27th, there have been 11 search and rescue calls uh, in Skamania County. Most turned out well, but there's one 90-year-old fellow who the search has been suspended for. But these are all like people what? making like relatively silly special. This is a pretty grim what's trail news. What, what is there? What, what's there? Here, man. Uh, so let's see. I'm trying to think what's the nearest landmark people might know. Schenectady? No, it's like uh, the Indian Heaven Wilderness. Um, there's actually area it it encompasses the PCT, so yeah, it's, so it's like north of Cascade Locks, right. but not by that much. It's before White Pass. Okay, it's so where it's we like met the that. guy brushing his teeth, dragging luggage. Yeah, Robert right. Sixpiece. Yeah, story for another day. Yeah, but there are literally like eleven different calls that were, That's, and I'm not going to go through like no, each one of don't. these. But it was it was a little bit ridiculous, and That's then crazy. it's sort of a related story to that. The sheriff is is basically blaming Congress for the fact that they haven't done. Yeah, I know. Believe me, I was shocked as well. Um, but hasn't <laughs> haven't like given them the funding that they need in order to do some of these like rescues and have like search and rescue f- funded. Okay. Um, in his in his area because he's basically saying it's it's Congress's fault for not providing the funding that they need 
uh, in order to actually like keep these these agencies afloat. Uh, I mean, I can get behind that, but is it Congress's fault that eleven people who didn't know what they were doing went out? Oh no, no, not, not at all, not at all. But he's he's basically like there's uh, a bunch of people that are no longer working for the department. I see. Okay. Uh, okay. He's like we're short staffed. We can't r- even respond to all these things. The funding yep. that we have for search and rescue that you know comes out of like a special coffer or whatever has not been so it was like two in 2000 it was at 10 million um three years ago it was down to three million and then the last year it was zero and this year they still haven't done anything for well, it well that's grim don't so, get lost in washington people yeah right good luck this Jeez. one it was sort of weird i just i think maybe you sent this one to me which one this is a so apparently a hiker uncovered a marijuana grow in a Colorado forest here. I can't even imagine but how that could it, have happened. It looks like it was from last July. I, I oh, I'm not come on! Sure. Oh man, is that Good some gracious. of that, that fake news that no, we're going like to have to talk they're about? They're reporting it now. It's Associated oh, okay. Press, and they're reporting it at, at, like earlier this month. Hmm. But uh, but they just be- briefly mentioned that like. In August 2012, there was 1,300 plants, and then there what? was October 2015. They found some more, and then they said, and then more in private land last July. That was pretty much all it That's said. That's a lame story. But then, but Associated then it, Press. It ends Come on. by just saying a hiker stumbled onto the grow operation northwest of the town of Rye. And why are that? Why the heck are people growing uh, illegal marijuana in Colorado in this in crazy. 2017? They think anyway, it's actually uh, involved with like a Mexican cartel. Good lord! How okay. dare you? Yeah, so I, it, which on. is not totally unreasonable. There is like a how history of, I know, right? How, how rude, man! Where's your so taking away from the, it on the tax base? Hombres. What else I, you got special? I, all right, so I've got I've got two things left here. First is there the, the PCT is like has been like crazy crazy snowpack this year. Yes, um, and Outside Magazine recently ran an article talking about how super dangerous it is because of the snowpack and or the snowpack and all of the uh the increased melt um in yeah. the streams and how bad the stream crossings are. That's the scary part. So anyway, like that's that's actually the main piece of news. But then I, I noticed that they used one of my f- pictures for this article, right? Who's they? Who did this? Outside magazine. Uh but what? But the the picture that they chose to use was one that I took in two thousand six of Forester Pass that I put on Flickr. With a non-commercial license, oh and man! Outside Let's magazine never asked me asked me to use it. Hey, did not compensate me. We'll get our legal department. Yeah, on man. This. So I'm I'm calling them out. Trail show legal. Out. You ask Snorkel about yeah. when trail show legal yeah. gets, gets involved. Go- yeah, things. Yeah, I heard Snorkel's off trail right now, trying to deal with the legal trying to deal with that cease and, cease and desist right. letter we sent her. The the ultimate insult is they didn't even like the photo on Flickr. What? <laughs> It's good, good enough to print, but you couldn't give me a like on Flickr. Come Thanks, on, guys. outside. Thanks, come guys. Um, and then last, this is uh, it should come as no surprise that our old friend Sheffy Shaffitz, <laughs> Jason Shaffitz, the uh, former now representative from Utah. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, he he said he was going to be leaving his his uh, position early, which I was happy to hear. I was too. This is the same guy who was put in those six twenty um, HR six twenty one and six twenty two, which right. was trying to give away public lands and yes. trying to like take away enforcement for yep. public pillage. lands. Raven pillage. And then he d- says, "Okay, well, I'm going to leave early, but you know, before I go, I got to tell you guys that that Congress should really get thirty thousand dollars a year, like for an annual housing stipend." Hmm. So he's like, "Oh, on my way out the door, guys. I know how hard it is for all of you, 
all you Congress people up here fighting this good fight. And, and I feel like you all deserve a $30,000 stipend for your housing because you know, I'm sleeping on a cot here away from my what? wife. You know, in like this stupid, sad reasoning for for like why they need thirty thousand dollars a year in order to like, man, be, I, be congressman or something. I could be retired on a thirty thousand dollar year stipend. Yeah, me too. That'd be it for me. Yeah, no, no more working. Anyway, but he's he's gone on to Fox News. So uh, what? So yes. I think it's pronounced foe. Yeah. So he foe. he reportedly said that he needed to leave because he was uh, quote. To get off the crazy train that was the his his time in office there and yeah. what, the, what the GOP or whatever is yeah. doing. And so okay. so he left one crazy train For and uh, jumped right on to uh, old Fox News. Very good. Godspeed, Jason Chavez. And that's all I got. Not Chavez. Chaffetz. Chaffetz. Not, sorry. His name is Chaffee. He's not Hispano. No? He's Chaffee no, Chaffetz. dare you. Sorry, I didn't know. I'm not in the know. Right. So yeah, is that is that it for trail news? Yeah, that's it. That's all I've got this month. <laughs> bye bye, Chaffetz. And there he goes, ladies and gentlemen. Special forty one. He ran out the door, and now he's back. But we got to go to break. Let's okay. do it. When we, we come back, beer. we've got Ken Kurtz from the Ozark Trail Association. Don't go anywhere. Stay put. This is Craig Skygazer Gully, and I never listen sober to the trail show. What a guy. Hey. Craig that's Gully. A, that's a good way to do it. <laughs> it's highly recommended. I think Dilo would encourage such things. So our trail of the month this month is the Ozark Trail. Not to be confused with the Ozark Highlands Trail that we featured last month. And all you need to know to remember the difference between the two, and I finally figured this out, the Ozark Highlands Trail is in Arkansas, and the Ozark Trail is in Missouri. And one day, they will actually connect. And once they connect, and we can talk to Ken about this, Yes, I think it's going to be about 700 miles in length. But as it stands right now, the Ozark Highlands Trail in Arkansas is about 240 miles, and I believe the Ozark Trail in Missouri is about 400 miles. But again, we will confirm with Ken. So... Um, I think we're going to be talking with Ken Kurtz yes. of the Ozark Trail Association this evening. Let's see if uh, we can get him on the horn. Oh, yeah, here we go. Hello. Hello, Felicia. Yes, Ken, this is uh, the Princess of Darkness disco and special from the trail show. How are you? I am fine. How are you guys? We're great. We're just sitting here sipping on some dandy brews and... Uh, Calling to talk to you about uh, the Ozark Trail and get a little more information about that since we featured the Ozark Highlands Trail last month, as you know. Uh, so Certainly. Yeah, yeah, we wanted to check in with you. And can you, before you talk about the Ozark Trail, I know that you're a board member. Can you tell us a little bit more about your specific work with the Ozark Trail? How long you've been, uh, the Ozark Trail Association, how long you've been with them and what exactly your position is? Well, my son and I started volunteering probably five years ago, I guess. 
Um, he and I had been backpacking the River to River Trail in southern Illinois, and I'm, I'm a member of REI as well, and I saw on their monthly calendar that they had this mega event. I was building some trail on the Ozark Trail. I called Mike up, and I said, hey, what do you think? Yeah, all right, understood. So we've been uh, uh, we've been volunteering on the trail, and then about uh, two, three years ago, they had a bike race, and I volunteered to drive on that, and just thoroughly enjoyed being around the whole activity and got hooked. I uh, kind of started attending some meetings, and that following spring, they asked me if I would address the outreach issue. Uh, basically, I had asked them what was keeping us from completing the trail. I said, was it uh, money, volunteers, permission? And basically, all of the above. So they asked me to do the outreach, which was basically spreading the word, kind of the, kind of the promotions department. It, it took me a while to get a grasp of what was going on, but uh, it came about, and we had a couple uh uh, speaking engagements, I guess, uh, to local stores and a couple other places. And then uh, last year, we kicked it into high gear and started attending a bunch of different, setting up booths at different events and held a couple uh, trail adventure workshops, a couple, uh, trail town workshop. The trail town is aimed at uh, basically businesses on, in towns along the trail route. Right, for sure. Uh, trying to... Uh, economic development kind of thing. Tell them how, mm-hmm. what's the best thing to do. The adventure workshop was just aimed at getting people out on the trail, uh, giving them some skill set and comfort in just being outdoor. A lot of people unsure about how safe things are and such. So, uh, so last year uh, in January uh, or right before then, I was asked if I'd consider joining the board since I was following through on things I promised to do as a volunteer. They thought <laughs> I might work on the board then. So uh, I joined the board a year ago, and uh, and I'm also the chair of the outreach education outreach committee. You mentioned that uh, a few years ago, you or whenever you you did some driving for a bike race, and so I'm assuming that the Ozark Trail is open to both uh, pedestrians and bikers and. Do you guys continue to have events like that on the Ozark Trail that generates awareness? Sure, most right. Most of the trail is multi-use, uh, horseback, uh, bicyclists, and hikers. The whole trail is open to hikers. We have a couple of uh, private owners, and since we don't own any trail, we basically build and maintain it for uh, for the property owners and managers, and we abide by their limitations or rules so a couple of those private property are large ranches and they just want hikers on it we do have one section uh tom sock mountain is the tallest mountain in saint in missouri and it's incredibly rocky so it's it's really not safe for the average mountain biker or horse so that section is closed also well, hey, Ken, this is Disco. Question for you. So now that we're getting into the trail itself, um, could you give our listeners a brief idea, like a brief overview of the trail? Where does it start? Where does it end? Uh, how much of it is complete? And, you know, just some general info about the trail itself. Well, uh, the trail came about in the mid-70s. Uh, there was a group of 
property managers and landowners that got together and decided to uh, build up the trail inventory in the state. And there were a number of trails on public property that were already existing, and they decided to try and uh, combine them all into a longer trail. So they came up with the Ozark Trail concept. That uh, council, the Ozark Trail Council, existed for about 30 years then, and for the most part, being public property, uh, you know, some years the money is there and some years it's not. There wasn't any overarching group to take care of the trail itself. So in many places, it just returned to nature. So about 15 years ago, the Ozark Trail Association came into being with some users or uh, some hikers that really liked the trail and wanted to do something about it. They created this volunteer organization. So at the time, they closed up a few gaps. The concept to the whole vision for it is for the trail to extend from St. Louis. Uh, it essentially follows the Merrimack Greenway, which is uh, it kind of follows Interstate 44 down to Bid-State and turns away from the highway and heads kind of south uh, southeast and then and then across the southern part of the state. That initial backbone, about 230-plus miles, is complete. Okay. Uh, from Onondaga down to a small town on the 11th point called Thomasville. But we're missing a gap of about uh, 25 miles from that point over to another section that we have called Norfolk. And that's about 20 miles. And then we're about 15 to 20 miles north of the border with Arkansas. And that's where we will have our connection with the Ozark Highland Trail. I see. Now, our, we, we kind of have a goal that we've set this year to try and have a golden spike ceremony, as they say, in three years and maybe have them come up and, and we'll come down and we'll have a, uh, a ceremony to celebrate the junction. Um, it's a little aggressive. It's kind of up in the air whether we'll actually make it or not, but that's the that's the wish. So, Ken, this is Janaid, um, or special. Um, so I was just curious, uh, you mentioned earlier the megas. Can you talk a little bit about what those are and how those help to sort of get the, the new trails going? Our founder, uh, a gentleman by the name of John Roth, uh, he had petitioned with the National Forest Service to uh, create this group, and it is now chartered on the Ozark, under the Ozark Trail Council. He attempted to, he called in volunteers and friends and just kind of created an environment for people to come and work on the trail. He was out there pretty much every weekend. Well, they came up with the concept of a mega event that they will hold to uh, twice a year. I think when they started, it might have been four times a year. And that's where they get as many volunteers as they can. Uh, the first mega started with 45 people. Wow. And it, that's big. Uh, it was, it was a, uh, it was a group that came down. They worked on the trail during the day. Uh, lunch was provided. They had a, a dinner, uh, provided in the evening. They had live entertainment and a bonfire. And, so when you say live uh, entertainment, you mean like bands? Yeah. Like bluegrass bands. Uh, nice. Uh, this is all out in the open in a, in a cornfield kind of uh, campground. So, uh, it created a somewhat family atmosphere. Everybody's welcome, and uh, it's continued to to, uh, to this year. I think a nice we now have 
a, a nice uh, entertainment event at one of these megas would maybe be some uh, mud wrestling between the uh, board members from the Ozark Trail and the Ozark Highlands Trail. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, that sounds good. I think I you like could it. sell some tickets. Oh, maybe yeah. some side bets going on. Yeah, you know? it'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> I would bet there's some people who would enjoy seeing that too. <laughs> so, so Ken, how many of the, how many people come to these megas these days? Um, well, it's been growing every year. Uh, April of last year was our 35th mega event. What? And, yep, it was our 35th, wow. and we we had 220. Oh my gosh. 223 people, I think. Wow. wow. And how much trail were you able to build with, with those people over that time? Uh, well, uh, normally, uh, we'll say about 200 people working for the one day. If we were able to bulldoze the trail, uh, we have a little mini dozer that goes out. and It's about three foot wide and kind of yeah. dozes the basic bench. And then the and then the volunteers come in and and rake it down and clean it up and we can get about a mile if it's bench cut with two hundred people in a day. Wow! If we that's ha- it. If we have, <laughs> I mean, uh, it just yeah, seems like so many people. Like that's wow, that's amazing. It's pretty cool. We have trained crew leaders that uh, we're always asking volunteers if they've been doing them. <laughs> And to several megas to come out and take the training so that they can lead a crew. So we have two or three crew leaders per group of about 20 volunteers. Once you uh, finish the last 20, 25 miles or whatever that's left on the Ozark Trail, and then you guys start connecting, maybe when you guys actually connect, there can be like a dozer off. You know? Oh, yeah. Like the Ozark Highlands Trail and the Ozark Trail, like they, they do a little chicken type of dozer off. That'd be pretty fun, too. Yeah, well... Maybe um, some trekking pole jousting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, that's an idea. Uh, have a little contest uh, next to the bonfire. Uh, so, um, actually, uh, we have... Uh, currently, we have about 400 miles of single-track backcountry that is under our jurisdiction that we have built and maintained and, and keep it open to the public. We probably have another two to three hundred miles of trail that we want to build. Oh wow! There are we have the main loop from Onondaga Cave, which is in Leesburg, Missouri, two hundred thirty miles on the core. Well, there's an eastern loop hmm. that includes Tomsock Mountain and some state parks down that way. But there are some gaps, and we don't have the entire eastern loop completed. And then there's the Merrimack Greenway, which has been the plan for 40 years to come up from Onondaga into St. Louis. We have some groups that uh, are working on that. There's a semi-public group called Great Rivers Greenway here in St. Louis that is building all the local trail inside St. Louis County and city and uh, one of the other counties, I can't, uh, St. Charles, I guess. Uh, there's a small suburb town outside St. Louis called Pacific, Missouri, and they are building the trail, and we've partnered with them to help them, and they're going to add 30 miles within the next two years. Oh, wow. That comes down, that comes down the Merrimack toward Onondaga, and then we've got the local group near Onondaga who want the trail to come up from there to the state park uh, near Sullivan, and that's another 
25 miles. So that's going to leave us with about 20 to 25 mile gap that we need, that we want to build. All right. And the funny thing is I've been talking that, uh, at some of these, uh, booths that we set up and looking at the map, uh, as I tell everybody, this is a generational trail. It's taken two or three generations to get it where it is now. And I'd like to see it where we have generations keeping adding to it. And if you look at the map, the Ozarks is all, you know, it's Southern Missouri, Northern Arkansas, but it also includes the Northeast corner of Oklahoma and the Southeast corner of Kansas. Hmm. And on the, on the Illinois side of the Mississippi is uh, the Shawnee National Forest, which quite a few people consider that the Illinois Ozarks. So I've been trying to talk people into looking at the map. We could very conceivably have a 1,500-mile trail all through the Ozarks, through uh, four different states, five different states. You could walk the entire thing in the Ozarks and only walk one section of about 15 miles. Yeah, for sure. Twice. Wow. That, Ken, that's incredible. And I was going to ask you, at least in the long-distance hiking community, having an incomplete trail usually doesn't matter to some folks. They'll come out and, and walk it anyway and connect the dots as best they can. Are, are you guys getting reports of folks that are already you know, trying to do a, a through-hike of the Ozark Trail in Missouri, at least? <gasps> Well, we do get contacted quite a bit uh, for people looking for maps, and they do ask questions about uh, some of those things. Now, the OTA, the Ozark Trail Association, has been in existence for 15 years. In fact, December is our 15th anniversary. Oh, congrats. Uh, thank you. Um, it's been probably for the 13 years the entire focus has been on building and maintaining it. And it's really only been the last two years that they that we've had a uh, an emphasis or focus on trying to include outreach and uh, awareness promotion kind of things. So, uh, just raising the awareness of all this thing has been a, a tremendous amount of fun. You know, you talked about getting younger generations involved. Let me ask you a question that we talked about with the Ozark Highlands Trail. Does uh, does Missouri have dry counties? You know, I, I honestly do not know. What? I, I, You're the outreach I, guy. <laughs> Come on. You're the outreach guy. I, uh, I actually, I think there one county that I'm I'm thinking is dry is not on the trail. Oh, good. <laughs> Thank goodness. You got to um, put that on your website, man. Ooh. Yeah, we. Yeah, that that actually is a bit of a you know that's a plus compared to the OHT that because yeah. they're plagued with dry counties apparently, but you know it's a mix. It's a it's a checkerboard, if you will. They're teetotalers um, right. over there at the Ozark Highlands Trail. <laughs> but well, you know, oh, go when, ahead. when our our hikers cross over to their trail, then you know they'll just have to hide their beer. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I, and, and I guess this this actually brings up the bigger question of trail towns. Do you guys have trail towns fairly close to the the trail that hikers could use to resupply at? Not exactly. Okay. The closest town to a couple of the sections that I know of is really about three miles. Of course, oh, I guess that's, that's not far. That, dude, oh, that's, that's really that's close. close. That, that We're works. talking like hitching distance. Like I yeah. can get to a road and hitchhike into a town. 
Um, the roads that we're talking about, we're in southern, we're in southern Missouri in, in the Ozarks, and you might wait an hour or two before you see somebody Ooh, come by. Okay. And would they pick us up? Would they pick me up? <laughs> They'd pick you up, but they wouldn't pick me up or special. No, not unless I was wearing that nice dress. Well, you know, some some people attract more attention than others and <laughs> get what they want. Oh my gosh! Uh, uh, for the most part, everybody's in, uh, incredibly friendly and receptive, and the Ozark Trail Association's kind of generated a uh, a lot of good reputation in in the South of uh, Missouri. So. Uh, that part's been quite helpful. Hey, Ken, you mentioned uh, ongoing trail work. If if there's anybody out there right now in uh, southern Missouri that would be interested in getting involved with one of these trail projects, um, is there still space available? And if so, like where can they go to sign up? There's, there's always space available. We don't do much during the summer, obviously, because it's too freaking hot. Yeah, sure. Uh, so our prime season is probably end of August through early June. And we have events pretty much every weekend going on. If anybody's interested, we uh, our website is ozarktrail.com. Okay. And there's an events tab there. They can look at the, uh, pull that up, and there's a calendar on it. They can look at the calendar, or they can go to the events that are open for registration. Anybody's allowed to come? And, uh, and kids and dogs. And that's going to include these mega events? Actually, this year, because we had a very ambitious goal this year, we scheduled four megas. Boom. Uh, one, in, one in March, one in April, one and two in October. But as it turned out, we got rained out. Uh, I mean, heavy time rained out in March and April. And we had a reschedule in May. And danged if that didn't get stormed out as well. Oh. Dang it. So what you're so saying is gold, when you do get to throw it, you're going to have a really good it's gonna band be a mega, to make mega. up for it. <laughs> mega, mega. October. October. It's going to be Snoop Dogg. Mega, mega. Uh, October 7th and October 28th. Anybody wants Ooh, to come out? Ooh, Halloween. Uh, you should have a rave, too. You betcha. You betcha. And we'll can, have some fun with that one. And Ken, for folks that, that might be listening from afar and can't actually get involved in an event, can they go to OzarkTrail.com and, and either make a donation or join the OTA? Do you all have that sort of thing for folks? Uh, absolutely. Uh, you go to the website. It tells you all about our organization, tells you about our events, tells you about uh, our, our history, the trail history, uh, gives you maps. Uh, there's, a, there's a trail planner that we had created a few years back, and if anybody wants to find a trail to walk and just not sure where to go there you enter check off some features that you want and it'll come back with some different suggestions and how to get to them and oh great stuff so trip planner's great hey ken anything else about the ozark trail or ozark trail association you want to get out there that we haven't asked you tonight well uh we're always looking for volunteers it's a hundred percent volunteer well we have one person who manages our office and uh, she's our supreme office manager uh (laughs) Does that come with a rod uh, and staff or something? <laughs> <laughs> it should, right? <laughs> it should. She is absolutely awesome, and without her, we'd be in serious trouble. But uh, uh, like I said, we're always looking for volunteers, and everything we do is volunteer-based. Uh, uh, the, all the events, the stuff that I'm doing right now at Off-Trail, 
bookkeeping, accounting, you know, all uh, communications, writing newsletters, those kinds of things are all volunteer. But, uh, yeah, I, I asked uh, uh, yesterday about uh, talking about our bike oh, yes, race. Oh, the bike we race. Have, Tell us about the bike we race. Have a, yeah, we have a bike race that we started. This will be the fourth year for it. Uh, it's a hundred miles of, uh, mountain bike. It's all single track. It's, uh, runs from, uh, uh, actually a piece of the trail that I've adopted all the way up through a resort. And we, you know, we provide transportation to the beginning. Two years ago, we added a 50 mile race as well. And that starts obviously at the halfway point for the hundred mile. Uh, it starts uh, sunrise on September 30th this year. It goes until everybody's off the trail, which uh, has usually ended up with uh, two or three coming in on Sunday morning. Yeah. Uh, so do you, do you get like a free T-shirt and, uh, and and like a ticket to the beer garden at the end? <laughs> <laughs> well, this year we're, we're, uh, we actually had a tremendous fundraiser in, in uh, early May that took the pressure off of this because this was created kind of as a fundraising for us. Sure. But this, this year we're going to amp up the fun and we're going to have a great party Saturday night for the 50 milers and the hundred mile, whichever hundred milers finish. And that'll include some beer and everybody gets, uh, everybody will get a patch. Ooh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, some real bonus stuff there. Wait, did you say um, a patchy t-shirt? <laughs> I, I don't know. You might want to get some new ones. Well, you know, you, you, nobody likes holy shirts, so we we sew on patches all over. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. Um, so everybody gets a shirt. Everybody gets a patch. Uh, the finishers get a medal, a bike medallion. Uh, we're also going to give uh, uh, a decal, and I, I'm still toying with a, a lapel pin, but. You heard uh, it here the first. Winners. They're definitely giving away lapel pins. That's people. right. I like definitely it. Definitely lapel pins. Lapel pins. <laughs> made out of gold, just platinum plated. Just show up. You don't yeah, even have to ride. You get a lapel pin. Lapel I, pins for everybody. Got, yeah. Well, if you finish, you get the medallion that goes, a uh, bike medallion, you know, attaches to the bar. Oh, cool. Oh, um, is it like Flavor Flav style? Have, like really giant, like a clock? That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, we, we are still a little limited on funds, so we'll yeah. have to see oh, okay. how big we can All go. Right. Well, that sounds like um, a really cool race, and uh, I hope some more folks will come out and get involved. And it's cool that you have the 100 and the 50-mile option. We enjoyed uh, chatting with you today about the Ozark Trail. Yeah, and, Ken, thanks um, so much for coming on the show. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to have to oh. s- ski-daddle because our, our beer glasses are empty here, so we got to go fill up again. Oh, um, Understood. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on the show and, and educating us about the Ozark Trail. And let us Certainly. know when you have that mud wrestling contest at the next Mega with the Ozark <laughs> Highlands Trail. We'll want to get some video of that. Yeah, you know, you might want to do a pay-per-view yeah. on that one. And um, hopefully uh, some of our listeners will uh, traffic the website and get involved. That will be awesome. We'd appreciate it. And thank you very much for you guys asking. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're all, always looking for ways to get the word out. We're a great trail. Well, thank you for calling. All right. We'll talk to you another time. Bye. Have a good night. Okay, bye-bye. bye-bye. Sounds great. You too. Bye. All right. Ken Kurtz from the Ozark Trail. And there he goes. Man, I want to go get a lapel pin. Yeah. I know, man. Gold with platinum on them. That, that sounds fancy. OzarkTrail.com is the website. Check them out. I think it's really cool. To, you know, We were able to feature the Highlands Trail last month, Ozark Trail, and now he's talking about 
Maybe even there's possibilities that this thing could go into other states. That's going to be pretty cool. Who knew there was 1,500 miles of possible hiking in the Ozarks? I did not know. Didn't know. I did not know either. This is the Bobby Walters, and I never listen to the trail show. Ah, uh, yes. Throwing some shade at us, the L- Bobby Walters. A little foreshadowing. We might, we might be hearing for her a little bit. Can't say. Okay, folks, we have had some amazing beer this yeah, evening. Yeah, man. What's this cucumber one? Okay, the onion is really, he's taking this thing to another level. We've got, I won't lie, I was immediately, I kind of cringed when I saw the name of this beer, but once I tasted it, I jumped for joy. Which you didn't hear because it was off mic. Anyway, it's uh, <laughs> from Fieldwork Brewing. We have the Salted Cucumber Farmhouse Ale. All uh, those words don't necessarily sound like they beer. would go together into like beer, beer form. Right? Yeah, but this is one of the. So it's like a it's like a fourteen dollar like fancy cocktail somewhere. Yeah, yeah. It says that it's brewed with French gray sea salt, hot house, and market more cucumbers. And I don't know anything about any of those things, but what I can tell you is that this beer is freaking delicious, and it is in the running for Trail Show Beer of the Year. It was really, really good. Yeah. And then next, we're going to be opening the Novel Brewing Company. We've got some Crowlers. We've got Just a Dabba, Belgian-style session dark ale, 4.3%, which is pretty low for a Belgian-style dark, I think. But it is a session. And Alternate Ending, Alt Beer, 6.4. So those will be from uh, Novel Brewing. And you said it was from the East Bay area, and that's not correct. And his little letter, he talks about East Bay is very expensive. And so that's why he brought some stuff from Berkeley. Oh, Berkeley beers. But P.O.D., you won't read the letter, so how are we supposed to know? I will. I'm, I'm going to edit. I'll do some editing during you the next You don't want to read the letter. How are the people supposed to know? I kind of want to hear the letter now. Okay, I'll, I'll add it during while you guys are talking about your trips, and then I'll read it in the next go. P.O.D., can you explain... <laughs> What a crowler All right. is. A crowler is like a growler, but it's a giant can. It's 32 ounces. They're it's pretty red. Two ounce can of beer. Yeah. Yes. Y- you know, I, I kind of want to like, I feel like we you should You want to make... shotgun it? Is that what you were going to say? Oh, God, no. I, I'm not <laughs> capable of such a thing. But I was thinking, you know, the DIY backpacker in me is thinking like, yeah, we, we should totally turn that into a tent an alcohol steak? stove. A stove? <laughs> Actually, let's yes. do that. This let's could, turn let's, it let's, into a tent steak. I've got. When we do our, our our gear review, I got an idea for this. Okay, okay. very okay. good. So, has anybody gone anywhere this past month? Let's talk about trips. Yeah, I think we should talk about trips. Do we uh, Do we actually have someone who took a trip recently that might want to tell us a little bit about what they've been doing? Yeah, I think that uh, we have a guest. What's what? it called? A guest surprise guest trip maybe report. What? Is it Boomer? It's no, not Boomer. Can't okay, boomer. can't be Boomer. Guest trip report. Is it Squatch? We're about to no, find out. He's like in another continent. No, not Squatch. I don't think it's Squatch. Is it D'Lo? Is he calling in? D'Lo doesn't go D-Lo's anywhere. D'Lo's asleep. <laughs> he's not with us? Okay. I'm, he's I, no longer with I, us. I mean, oh, is it Lint? We mentioned Lint earlier. Oh, what, what, what? Let's see who it is. Who, who could it be? Hello, this is a trail show. Hello, this is the Bobby Walter. What? We're not worthy. <laughs> oh my God, we're not oh, worthy. <laughs> now, Bobby, I have to give you a proper introduction because 
some people wrote in a couple months ago, and apparently there's a contingent of Trail Show Nation that thinks you're like a 65-year-old gray hair that lives in Vegas and is a bookie and is like a, a grizzled old you know smoker that's been pl- doing the Vegas lounge scene for years. And I, I have no idea why they think that. But that is, in fact, not true. Actually, you are from Ohio, and you are not a gray hair old dude that oh, lives in Vegas. Correct? <laughs> Nope, never been to Vegas. <laughs> you're not missing anything. No, so, you're really not. F- folks should know, people have been hearing Cesspool. the Bobby Walters for five years now, and we should tell folks, Bobby Walters was one of, actually, she was the first big donor to get on board with the trail show and has been a big supporter of the show for five years. Bobby, we love you. We are so stoked. So We're I'm, so stoked <laughs> to finally talk to you, yeah. and, and, and Trail Show Nation finally gets to hear the Bobby Walters. I think I'm going to shotgun, shotgun this beer in her Walters. honor. She's going to shotgun <laughs> a 32-ounce beer all for you, Bobby. Whoa. Whoa. That is, uh, that is quite a feat right there, for sure. <laughs> well, so we've got you on the line this month because, you know, this is the part of the show where we do our, our little trips, where we talk about trips we've been taking in. You've been posting some amazing photos from a trip that you just took recently. Please tell us about your trip. Yes. Uh, well, my sister and I went to Costa Rica. Um, I don't even know where to start. We had such an amazing time. Um, if you ever get the chance to go, absolutely go. POD, no POD and I both have been separately. I went, uh, I went to uh, um, Marinko Corcovado National Park. I was down on the... The west coast of Costa Rica, so that's kind of all I saw. And POD, I think, were you on the Caribbean side? No, no. I was on the west coast. I oh, went to Montezuma. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay, I was on the west I, coast I've, also. I've never been there. No. Boo, Get out of the room. I'm you sorry. Suck. I'll just go sit over here. Leave our house now. Boo. Okay, sorry. Continue. <laughs> where did you go in Costa Rica? We went to Brasolito. That's where we stayed, um, but we also rented a car. So we ventured out into the sticks. Oh. Um, and driving in Costa Rica is... Oh, <laughs> it's for real. It what what side of the road real. are you on? The normal side. Okay. Did you hear that? <laughs> Did you hear that, people from here. England? Did you hear that? The normal <laughs> That's side. That's right. It's the correct side. That's it what you get for Brexit. <laughs> You're not normal. Yeah. Bobby Walters, I, I was in a cab once in San Jose, Costa Rica, and... There was a bunch of us in the cab and a bunch of us in the cab beside us, and we were driving in one direction, and then there was two cabs coming towards us. And I guess the cab drivers like had this planned out, but they we all kind of split each other, and it oh, was it, it like, like it a seemed, commercial. Yes, it seemed choreographed, but I don't think it was, and it and it, it worked out. But yeah, driving in Costa Rica is a different deal. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah. People, they either drive, like, 20 miles an hour or 200. Yeah. Like, there's nothing in between. And they don't care about double yellow lines. Nope. Not that, like, you just go. <laughs> like, whatever you want to do, you just do it. So it's like Mad um, Max, but prettier. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I can't tell you how many times I said that, trying to drive down these insane dirt roads with another car coming at us at... 45 miles an hour when I'm going like 10. <laughs> wow. And there's there's chickens back. running across the road and horses laying in the road and dogs in the road and people just sort Iguana. of hanging out yep. in the road. So I'm, I'm hearing lots of things happen in the road. <laughs> yeah. All right. 
Yeah, okay, stay so, out of the roads. <laughs> so you went to uh, Brasilito or Brasilita or whatever that place was. Uh, what did you do there? What, was that the place where you were like at a resort with like a beach and stuff? Was that the resorty yeah, place? Yeah, okay. um, technically won this trip from work. Um, Ooh! So- <laughs> wow! <laughs> Yeah, it only took me 14 years to finally win the, the coveted <laughs> trip from work, but I did it, so whatever. <laughs> Congrats. Um, nice, nice work. Thank you. Um, but, you know, and we could have stayed on the resort the entire time. I mean, it had everything you could possibly want from, you know, little gift shops to vendors on the beach to two swimming pools and any bar and it just completely, completely taken care of. Um, but that's not what we wanted to do. Like, we wanted to see Costa Rica. We wanted to... For sure. See, yeah, we wanted to see the sketchy little towns, and we wanted to hike in the jungle and get in the hot springs and, you know, like, see the real world, not the resort. So we definitely earned a reputation at the resort as being the adventurers. Ooh. So. I like it, right? <laughs> so what'd you go do? Um, yeah, did you do any of that hiking to, in the jungle? We did. Um, we went to Palo Verde National Park, which was beautiful. Um, my sister and I, we have a thing for birds. I know it's kind of old lady, but we no, like birds. No, twitchers. <laughs> not at all. Not twitchers. at all. I, I think birds are totally <laughs> rad, so don't let anybody tell you different. Yeah, no bird shaming. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, but Palo Verde is supposed to be one of the top places in the world for bird watching. Um, so we definitely, that was definitely on our list, and that was the first place we went. Um, we got completely lost and spent half of the day trying to find it, so we didn't get a whole lot of time there uh, because the sun sets at 6. Yeah, because you're so uh, yeah. right. Later. Tropical. Um, but we did see some pretty amazing things there, like the Jesus Christ lizards were everywhere, like what? running across the river. It was insane. Alligators and crocodiles, uh, those are actually crocodiles, but... Um, so it was basically like Jurassic Park. It really was. It was everywhere you looked, there was something there, from monkeys to lizards to bugs to whatever. If you want to see wildlife, definitely go there, for sure. I think I saw a video you posted, and I swear it looked like Cotamundi. And I didn't... I've seen Cotamundi in southern Arizona. I don't know. They kind of look like a cross between a raccoon, a monkey, and a ferret. They have long tails. They, like... Yeah. Running troops. I don't know if that's what it was that was in Costa Rica. I have a hard time believing that that same species would be in a humid tropical climate and also in southern Arizona, but they definitely look similar. Yeah, those were called kawadis. Kawadis, um, it's I, the same thing. Okay, okay, yeah. But yep. they were everywhere. They were like raccoons in America, like yeah. everywhere. That's it, crazy. They were the coolest thing, and they were not afraid of you at all. I'm sure they're used to getting a few handouts. Yeah, here and there. Oh, I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. <laughs> but you didn't do that, right? Um, no. Hey, I saw that you ha- you had some imperial cerveza. We had a lot of imperial cervezas. <laughs> it's kind of the excellent, national beer. Excellent. It is the Budweiser of Costa Rica, or something like that, right? Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't it wasn't my most favorite beer of my life, but yeah. it definitely did the job. Yep. Well, and it's hot, you know, it's refreshing. Yeah, it's a good summer yeah. beer. And it actually just, yeah. I, I kid you not, uh, Bobby Walters, it did actually show up in Colorado about a year, year and a half ago. I don't know why, but we can buy it here. And, and by God, if Ohio doesn't have it, they should. 
We don't. I have checked everywhere. <laughs> really? We might have to, to yeah. send you a little care package via um, horse and camel or, or something. Via like uh, the onion's yeah. dog. Yeah, the onion's dog. Yeah, maybe a, maybe a mule caravan or llamas. That would be pretty cool. No, I think the onion's dog would be better. Yeah. George. So, wh- so <laughs> what else did you do? Yeah, what else can you tell us about Costa Rica? Um, we went to, oh, I'm not going to pronounce this right, um, Bolalas National Park. It's, um, it's like a, it's where the, the leatherback turtles go Ooh, to lay cool. their eggs, which I was really sad because we were there, of course, at the wrong time of year. Um, but it was a really cool place to go. Like, yeah, uh, it's Costa Rica. Well, yeah. And it's a beach. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> What could be wrong about that? <laughs> Did you see anything um, in the uh, in the ocean? Did you see any turtles or anything with sharks teeth? Uh, we did see some turtles. Um, didn't see any sharks. I did hear other people had gone on on like deep sea fishing things and they saw sharks, but we didn't want to waste our time on the water. We wanted to waste our time in the jungle. Yeah. So. Did, did you see any frogs in the jungle? We did see some. Um, my sister almost stepped on a toad. And it was like the size of her foot. It what? was the biggest toad I've ever seen. It was huge. <laughs> that's Whoa. that's kind of a large it, toad. I would have yeah, gone crazy. Cute. I love toads, right, Disco? You've seen me around toads. Yeah, no, she tries to lick the backs of them. No, which I, I do don't not. understand. Oh. At all. no, I do not. I just think they're so cool. They're all bumpy and cool looking. And no, they have good, I, I hear you. And they have good nostrils. Cool. They have good nostrils. I, I actually they keep are cool, and we so. did try to pick him up. Yeah. Oh, the, you got to be careful because they pee on you. You got to pick them up from the sides. That's exactly why we didn't trail get tip. them totally picked up. <laughs> yeah. Trail tip. Trail tip of the month, right there, ladies and gentlemen. Pick the yeah. toads up from the sides. Yep. Yeah, he was uh, definitely had a full bladder. <laughs> yep, always. Oh my gosh. So, what was the highlight? Like, what was the thing that you most remember? The one thing that you'd like to go back for, or whatever? Definitely the hot springs. Um, oh. Ooh. Yeah. Rio Castel, I think that's how you say it. I'm so terrible at Spanish. How is, was, it, how is it spelled? C-A-S-T-E-L? C-E-L-E-S-T-E? Oh, Celeste. Celeste. Yeah. Celeste. Okay, yeah. yeah. There we go. Um, the river is like aquamarine blue, mm-hmm. and it has oh, and these beautiful waterfalls and these hot springs. If that's the only place I ever went back to, I would stay there. The entire time. <laughs> wow. I didn't well, even know Costa cool. Rica had hot springs. Yeah, it didn't really, you know. Oh, I knew yeah. they did, but but the only ones I went to were the ones that were kind of over by, is it San Juan or San Jose? The main, San Jose. Yeah, because they, they have the uh the Or volcano. is it San Juan? Uh, Bobby, tell us, what's the capital of Costa Rica? San Jose. San Jose, because they have a volcano over there or whatever. Or is that in Monteverde? I, I think that's like northwestern Costa Maybe it's Rica. Maybe Monteverde, but anyway. cloud forests. Yeah, and they have a volcano there, and there's some yeah. like commercial hot springs. But that one that you went to sounds way cooler. Oh, it was awesome, for sure. I mean, it was. I mean, there were definitely other people there, um, but it wasn't. It and that's why we chose that one because it was less traveled. But yeah, it, there were people there, but it wasn't like way overcrowded. Were there naked people there? No, there weren't. What? Um, oh, come on, oh, well, that's a I, shame. It's a it's a Spanish speaking country. Know. There's people are prudes, right? Purity. Right. Yes, until the lights go off. Ooh, hey now. <laughs> I, I, so I after dark, pretty, there. Uh, oh, sorry. I'm sorry. The, what, no, no, no. Go ahead. Oh, <laughs> I saw some pretty risque uh, bikinis on the the beach. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Okay. yeah. Right. Uh, on Americans or on locals? 
on the locals. Yeah, they didn't wear much. That's the thing about that's the interesting thing about. Let me just tangent here for a second. Since Deal is not here, someone's got to do it. When I <laughs> when I was living in Mexico, I sometimes would go to mass with my host brothers, and mass was on Saturday night, so everybody was dressed to go to the club. So they go the club. They go to mass first, and you know, get that credit, so then they can go sin. And the 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 women, especially, I'm like, you know, they're kind of like traditional and prudish, but then they're dressed, you know, like not. You know, not you prudish. know what I'm saying? Yes, it's very interesting. Uh, the opposite of prudish would be nudish. <laughs> no, nudish. Yes, I, I agree. Yeah, anyway, sure. yeah, I, it's interesting. I, I'll, I'm going to go with that. It's like super skimpy, but then yeah, prudish. I don't know. It's kind of funny. Anyway, so yeah, that sounds like an awesome hot springs. I I definitely go there. I highly recommend it. And how many sure. how many days total were you in um, Costa Rica? We were there seven, but I guess technically five because. You know, the first Traveling. day and the last day were all travel. Right. So, um, and Sounds then my like sister did get sun poisoning, so we kind of <gasps> lost the day there. Oh, my too. God. Sounds like you guys yeah, got your money's worth, awesome. though, since it was free. Oh, for sure. Bobby, talk to me about the Zika. I've heard the Zika's down there. Were you concerned? Not really. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not pregnant, so. That's good. Are you <laughs> sure? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, was not weird. I mean, I, we definitely wore our bug spray because they were like the size of pterodactyls. But oh, yeah, was it dry season or rainy season? It's the rainy season, but I, from what I heard, I would not go in the dry season um, because everything is just brown and scorched. Oh my god, oh, that doesn't sound okay. like much fun. Yeah, and it was. I mean, when we were there, it didn't get under ninety-five degrees not one single day, and in the dry season, it's even hotter. Ooh. So wow, sounds awful. Yeah. Well, cool. It sounds like it was an amazing trip. You know, if people, listeners, if they, if you want to see some photos, you can you can uh, visit Bobby Walters uh Instagram feed, which I think is the Bobby Walters. Correct. It is as it, it is. should be. It should the be Bobby yes. Walters. So uh, and I do lots ahead. more than I need to post. Still, like I, I'm still pulling stuff off the cameras and stuff like that. So. Awesome. Lots of later grams. Hey, hey, Bobby. Do do the people that you work with know that you're a uh, a, megastar? a bit of a celebrity in a in a certain small part of this world? Um, I don't think that they do. I mean, I work in a in an office, so it's yeah. So you have this lame. you have this hidden this hidden side to you that it's nobody knows about except for Trail Show Nation. That's right. I love it. I love it. It's great. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for calling in on our trips of the month. We're, we're so stoked that you won the Costa Rica trip That's finally right. and that you had a freaking blast. It looked amazing. And thanks for yeah, all the definitely. support over all the years. Yeah. You're, you're you. a trendsetter. Yeah. <laughs> well, you guys are very welcome. I, you guys have definitely helped me through many days in that office. That's for sure. Well, good. <laughs> hey, we do what we can. That's right. <laughs> Well, cool. Well, have a, a great night there, and uh, thanks again for sharing your trip with us. And uh, Instagram is the Bobby Walters if you want to check out those photos. All right, guys. Have a good night. Thank you so much. All right. All right. Thank, Thank you, you Bobby. Bobby. Peace out. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. There she goes, ladies and gentlemen. It was the Bobby Walters. You the... finally got to hear from Bobby. She's for real. And she's not a 65-year-old geriatric that works as a bookie in Vegas. It, and it no. absolutely was not just Disco doing some sort Voices. of voiceover or something. <laughs> no, that was actually Bobby Walters. Oh, man. 
I'm so stoked that we uh, we got to talk to her. And yeah. people, people have been sending in promos, too. She was one of the first to send she in was. a little promo. She's a trendsetter. You heard from Craig Gully earlier. You're going to hear from more folks. Hey, and if you want to send in, and we highly encourage it, you saying, this is so-and-so, and I never listen to the trail show, send it to info at thetrailshow.com, or you can send it to pod at thetrailshow.com. It doesn't matter. They all go to Google Drive, and then they end up on the show at one point right. or the other. But they're starting to stack up, people. Get in, get get, in early. Get in early, yeah, in absolutely. Early, otherwise, early explodes. You know? I mean, otherwise, you're going to be way down the list. That's right. Way um, down. Where'd you guys go this time? Well, I, I've done a lot of little teeny tiny things, and I think I want to talk about on Monday, I went up to Monarch Pass. I had been up there a week or so ago, and I noticed that there was some trail work that needed to be done. And so I contacted the... Colorado Trail guy and said, hey, there's some stuff that needs to be done up there. Is it cool if I go up? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Anyway, so I finally had a chance to go back on, on Monday and I was having a little bit of the darkies and I needed to get out. The darkies. And uh, so I was like, I, I got to get out of this house. So I drove up there and on the way up, I picked up a hitchhiker and it's this guy who's in his late 70s and we started chatting all the way up to the pass and he hiked the AT in 2003 and he hiked the PCT in 2007, and he's in his late 70s. So he was in his late 60s when he did the PCT. Nice. And he came out, he comes out all the time and does some hiking. He's from Ohio, and he was out, and he was going to do another section of the Colorado Trail. He's done the Colorado Trail, too, and he said he got out there, and he hiked for a day and a half, and was like, I just can't do it anymore. I'm too old. And hmm. So then we got to the pass, and he was like, what are you doing? And I said, oh, I'm going to go do some trail maintenance. He was like, well, do you need any help? And I was like, sure. So he came out with me, and for two hours we went and cut some trees and did a ton of lopping. And over the course of two hours, I learned that he works for the Buckeye Trail Association. He volunteers, and he has got this uh, special jacket that they give to people who have put in 1,000 hours of trail maintenance volunteer work. And um, it was really cool. It was such a fun, you know, just happenstance thing. And I just want to say that um, over the last couple of years, I've been doing more and more trail maintenance. And, you know, if you're a through hiker, you definitely need to give back. You need to do that. You need to schedule that in. It needs to be a priority. And if you're not, even, even if you haven't done any distance hiking, you just do day hikes, or even if you don't do that, I would say... Go do some trail maintenance. Sign up somewhere because you're going to meet some fun people. You're going to feel really good about yourself at the end of the day. And like this was just so random and I met this really cool guy. And I don't know. It was just a really neat experience and it made me feel really happy about living near a trail and doing some trail maintenance and meeting just random people that you just wouldn't run into in your normal circle of friends. So it was cool. We got to feature the Ohio Buckeye Trail. Yeah, we'll do that. It's over 1,400 miles. Yeah, it's crazy. And it's starting to get some some press. We need somebody from their organization or somebody that's actually through-hiked it to contact us because we'd like to talk about it. Um, But going to POD's point real quick, you know, I would just submit, like, I don't think of, like, trail work and trail maintenance work as you must do this because you need to give back. It's it's so rewarding in a different way that than hiking is, and they're both rewarding. But being able to just focus on a one mile section of a trail for like six hours is so completely different than what we do as long distance hikers. And it's so cool to actually 
slow down and like really notice the nuances of that one mile segment and clean out those water bars and lop back the brush and like maybe look up and be like, oh, if I was on horseback, I'd hit that limb. That limb needs to go. And just sort of like look at the trail from that standpoint. I, I guarantee you, if you guys try any any day, half day, couple hours of, of trail work, you're going to find it rewarding. And you might even find it addicting. Yeah, for sure. Good. And you did some trail maintenance too, right? I did. Um, I, let's see. We went out. We've gone out two more times, I think, since last the last show. And... Yeah, we adopted, as we mentioned, this little eight-mile segment of the Colorado Trail south of Twin Lakes, and there's a neat little uh, spot you can drive into about halfway, and pardon me, I just had some of that alt beer, uh, Special 41. It's quite delicious. It's open over here on the side if you want to get into it, although that one's open too. What are you drinking there? What's in This is the uh, Belgian-style Session Dark Ale. Ooh, I'm going to have to get in that this next. This is one of those novel um, crawlers. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, so last Sunday, which was just a couple of days ago, P.O.D. and I did about a one-mile stretch of our section, and we just lopped. We lopped back brush, which was mostly aspen sprouts and saplings, and took us like three hours. One mile's a trail, you know. What kind of through-hiking pace is that special? That's pretty slow by through-hiking pace, <laughs> but I mean by trail work and sp- I mean, yeah, that, that's pretty good. Yeah, and the the weekend before that, we actually had gotten word there was a big blowdown on the southern section of our section. So we went out, how, we found how, it. How'd you get word? It was is there like a red phone that rings in the uh... <laughs> the bat phone? Yeah, no, it was trail actually work is needed. So so Brent Adams is the he's kind of the trail maintenance coordinator for the Colorado Trail Foundation, and he happens to live here in Salida. He had been at a, I think, at a trail work project in Breckenridge, and one of their volunteers had been out on our section. Okay. Just like two days previous, and said, "Hey, there's a big blowdown on this section. You might want to let the adopters know." So they let us know. We rolled out there. We found it. It was about a, a forty foot long spruce tree uh, that was about twelve inches in diameter where it was crossing the trail. So we pulled out the old manual chainsaw. And it took us a while. It's a little different when yeah. it's just two people. Well, and there was We've got to take breaks. The manual chainsaw, you're talking about that one with the handles, yes. and it's just like a chain yeah, with, it's with like handles a, on either end? It's like the chain off of a chainsaw that's about four feet long, and there's a handle on each end, and you put the chain under the tree that's laying down, and then you just go back and forth so like a seesaw. Saw it up rather than yeah. saw yep. it down. Exactly. And the thing is, is yeah. that there were kind of like two trees leaning together. Oh, no, no. Yeah, two trees That was leaning. a different spot. Wait, you, oh. so you cleared two spots? Yeah, we did. Oh, oh, yeah. You're talking about the big I'm talking tree. About the big tree. Oh man, I almost passed out. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I was feeling. I got really hot. I get yeah. really hot easily. Next week's going to be a challenge. And yeah, we were we had to knock off the limbs first, and then it was really thick, and we'd saw for like. So when you say knock off the limbs first, do you mean like with the the Pulaski. little chainsaw? Th- oh, okay. Yeah, because yeah. it's old. It's old, so you just okay. hit them real hard, and it breaks. A couple of them yeah. hit me in the head too when it broke. It's kind of yeah. interesting. Yeah. We, we, so how long did it take you to get through? Like you said, it was like a foot in diameter. It was about 12 so? inches diameter. I think. So how long did it take you to actually get all the way through? I bet it took us. I think it was bigger than that. I bet it took us 15 minutes to get through the oh. tree, but to entirely clear the branches, the tree, everything, it probably, we probably spent 30 minutes yeah. at that spot. You yeah. Know? And I it, had to keep sitting down. I know, but, but I tell you what, <laughs> when we finished up and we were like getting ready to walk away, 
I took a look back and I was like, man, that's cool. It is cool. Because the before, and I took a before and after photo, which I'll post. I may have already posted. I don't know. I'll, I'll look. I'll have our interns check that and see. Exactly. If, anyway, uh, it's really, you get this like really neat sense of satisfaction of like the trail looked like hell 30 minutes ago and now it looks like Delo's backyard. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> which is basically, I mean, for those who haven't been there, I mean, you, you, you've you seen like the Lord of the Rings movies. Imagine like the Elven Kingdom or something like <laughs> it, that. It's that's Delo's backyard. Mystical, mystical well, he spends land. a lot of time, you know, researching. I, I noticed the last time we were there, he had like two years worth of better homes and gardens and <laughs> next to his bed, so... You know, yeah, he's sack deep in there. He canceled yeah. his subscription to Backpacker, yep. and now he's it's Better, better Homes and Gardens. Yeah. I also oh. saw that he has Martha Stewart outdoors. So. Martha Stewart living. Yep, I saw that too. Yeah. I think San Angelo life too. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, hashtag San Angelo oh, life. Man. Special. Are we going to talk to you about what you've been doing for the last two months? Yeah, let's get into it. All right. Um, so uh, Amanda and I have been uh, traveling around as the Subaru Leave No Trace traveling trainers. Um, and so we've been going to some state parks. Uh, we've been going to uh, like running clubs, um, Boy Scout groups, a couple of youth camps, and just talking about Leave No Trace and uh, doing some games and stuff with the kids and trying to get the word out there. about Like, like bury the poop games and things like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. We just, we, we make them poop, and then we have... Oh, no, no, no. We make please. them no, no. poop. We give them all no, animals. Nothing, we give nothing, them prunes. nothing like that. <laughs> uh, no, we just talk about impacts. You know, every yeah. time we're, we're outside, like whether we're through hiking and we're super ultralight and awesome and think we're super cool, or whether we're like, you know, ATVers, there's like an impact, right? Right. And so... I think on the PCT we see, for instance, like a lot of uh, TP blooms in in the south. Oh, so yeah. like, I don't think anyone wants to see that. And and when we're out there talking about leave no trace, we're really talking about like what people can do to uh, to make sure that they're making good decisions when they're outside, so that they're not screwing places up. All right. So as an SLN TTT, I still don't quite understand what you and guy what you and uh, Amanda do on a day-to-day day basis. So take us through an average day as a leave-no-trace traveling trainer. No, no, no. I, I want this. Or an average week. No, no, no. I want an average day. What does an average day look like for you guys? Well, I mean, I honestly, I think the average week is probably... Boo. Oh. All right. Okay. Well, the average day is I, is I wake up somewhere um, in a tent at like seven o'clock in the morning or earlier. Okay. And and I feel sweaty uh, be, because <laughs> okay. there's humidity in our region, which is a, some, something that I, I'm not super accustomed to. So, sure. So that's like a daily b- a battle for me is the, the battle with the humidity. But yeah, I, I wake up and uh, make some coffee on my little uh, Primus like jet boil style thing. Yeah. Um, make some coffee and uh, we make some breakfast and... Uh, figure out what we have to do for the day. And sometimes that's um, figure out where we need to drive to in order to get to the next event. Uh, sometimes that's uh, get ready to actually go do an event. Um, what, and, and those can vary. So obviously, what, depending on what we're doing, we're like figuring out activities for uh, for like which age groups that we're going to be working with. And Lesson what planning. Kind of focus. Less, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, and like trying to figure out what activities are going to fit into the time and the focus that the that the place wants to put um, on the presentation. So sometimes it's hiking. Sometimes that's going to be like we went to the Great American Canoe Festival, right? 
and uh that's awesome yeah it was it was pretty cool like we uh we were seeing a lot of different like um they they have the invasive species people but then they've also got like the people that are making uh birch bark canoes from scratch you what? know using like hand fashioned tools and stuff like that hmm. so yeah all sorts of different people out there um and uh yeah i don't know and then are you camping again at night Typically, we we've gotten hotel rooms a few times, uh, and a few times we've stayed with like the uh, people in different states that are involved with Leave No Trace. Okay, but mostly, yeah, we're camping. And did you just tell me that you've put eight thousand miles on the cars in two months? Yeah, I think uh, so. We got it right there at the end of April. Yeah, at the last couple of days of April, May, June. Okay, um, and we're currently at like yeah over eight thousand miles on the Subaru. Wow, wow, that is a impressive. lot of driving. So if there are listeners that are perhaps living in the area that you guys are going to be in, can, are they able to host you, like Trail Angels? Yeah, absolutely. Thing? I mean, like if people want to reach out, um, our, our calendar is actually open hmm. um, and like public on, on the Leave oh, No cool. Trace website. So if you go to lnt.org slash calendar, um, you can look for us. We're Team East Central. Uh, and essentially, we're sort of like the Great Lakes to the Gulf. And for the month of July, we're actually back in Colorado um, and doing a bunch of events here with like some youth camps and, and places like that. But so, then you'll be back out. Yeah, then central, we're going to be, we'll, we'll be up near like Isle Royale for. Um, oh, no way. Are you going to Isle Royale? Yeah. yeah oh, you lucky duck. Yeah, so we're going to be up there. We're going to be going to Hung- Hungarian Falls. By the way, least visited national park in the system. We're looking Isle forward Royal. to it. They have like wolves and moose. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, you have to take a ferry to get out there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's, That's it's, awesome. It's going to be pretty neat. So listeners, you should visit their calendar because you might be able to buy them a beer or host them overnight. But or, I or, just, or just point me in the direction of some great breweries yeah. too. Come to an event. Yeah. But definitely. I am going to request no Medio Servicios. So, yeah. if you're going to host uh, Amanda and Special here, you know, I'm just, you know, no Medio Servicios, please. Yeah, you know if, what I'm if, saying? If you're living in a van down by the river, yeah, God bless don't. you, but you're probably not ready to host these, these two because are, they need five-star accommodations, that's right. okay? They're, they're making peanuts. Great again. They're, they're living. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're camping in the humidity. You know, they need... They need they, a respite. They need a respite. So look at their calendar and hook them up. Okay, what else do you have to report? Yeah. Um, so let's see. Yeah, so we've been to a lot of places, right? We went. Uh, we did like some cave tours when we were in Missouri. We were over there by Lake of the Ozarks. Oh, uh, in, near the near the Ozark Trail, perhaps. Mm, yeah. In fact, <laughs> I actually uh, <gasps> what? what what yeah. So what? Right as I found out, like that, we were going to actually be doing uh, the Ozark Trail this month. I. I <laughs> I, I went by a, a little trail sign that was Ozark Trail. Okay. Oh, my, look at that, you know. And uh, so we were doing the rounds on the little campground we were going to be staying in right there. And what do I see but a truck mm-hmm. that is got the big old Ozark Trail Association logo on the side. Whoa. And I meet a couple of people that were actually, like, doing trail work and stuff for what? the Ozark Trail Association. So I sat down with Eric and Aaron and we chatted for a little while about the Ozark Trail. Well, let's listen to it. Let's go to a clip. Hey, everybody. This is Special. Um, and I'm coming at you today from the middle of nowhere. Like, there's nothing around here, but... Oh, hey, look. Oh, it's a truck. 
Oh, it says Ozark Trail Association. Oh my gosh, it's Eric and Aaron, and we're going to talk about the Ozark Trail for a minute. How y'all doing today? Pretty good. How you doing? Enjoying ourselves. We're doing great. Awesome. Um, so probably, I mean, first things first, this is the trail show, so let's get some beer going. We've got a little bit of a pseudo-sue. Um, this is from Toppling Goliath Brewing Company, and they're from, where the heck are they from? Uh, Decorah, Iowa. Yeah, sounds good. All right. So um, why don't we start by just asking y'all how you got involved with the Ozark Trail Association and uh, what y'all are doing out here with them. And maybe I'll start with Aaron. Yeah. So back in 2008, me and my mom and my dad, basically our whole family, adopted a section of trail. And we wanted to really get outside and get into things and really just give back to the trail. So we adopted a section and we kept it clean. And it was not long after that that we found out that the Ozark Trail Association exists. And so they have these events called Megas where they have like 100, 150, almost 200 people sometimes show up. And we all get together. There's free camping free food. We spend like half a day building trail, which is cool because you get this section of trail that's specifically your own and you give it the correct sort of angle on the back slope and the correct angle on the other side and you make it flat and gorgeous and you take all the roots and rocks out of it and you just perfect your own little spot and everyone does that in a row and you walk in the woods and it's fun. You spend half a day working and you walk out a trail and then after that, we get together and everyone's like a big potluck. We have a bunch of food and it's really fun and we've got a big bonfire usually and sometimes we have nice bands come out. Pretty good music too and, um, and then it's just everyone hangs out, has a good time and makes friends. Cool. So then uh, and uh, how, how did you get involved? I actually came to be involved through Aaron. Uh, we used to work together at Robertsville State Park on a stewardship crew and uh, about a year after the job ended, Aaron was like, hey, I have this perfect job for you. Do you want it? And I'm like, no, I'm working other boring summer jobs. So finally, I was like, okay, what is this job? And she's like, working for the Ozark Trail Association. I was like, okay, yeah, let's do that instead. That's way better. So I'd already gone to at least one mega with her, and I thought it was really cool. And I was like, why not have a job with them and see what it's like? And it's been great. Cool. So uh, how long have y'all been out um, this summer doing, doing trail work? And what, what parts of the trail have you been, uh, been working on? Um, well, we've actually, this is only our fourth week, so we're pretty green at this still. But um, we've been in the area in Sutton Bluff on the Carcagney, and then um, random parts of the Berryman over uh, near Potosi. That's mainly been our areas that we've been hitting. Cool. And, uh, and so has this been sort of the same kind of trail work that you do at these megas, or is this a little bit different? Uh, this is pretty much entirely different, because at the megas, we're building trail, we're creating it. And here what we're doing is we're just taking like weed eaters and we're just trimming the um, the plants away from the side of the trail so it doesn't enclose in and the roots don't destroy our hard work and just keeping it open so people can see where they're going and don't have plants touching them. So, and so speaking of plants, uh, what, what kind of plants are y'all dealing with out there? I, I understand there's, there's some invasive species that maybe you've been having to combat. Yeah, we actually noticed a lot of uh, autumn olive and lespedeza growing up through the path. 
which is sometimes our weed ears aren't enough. We have to take loppers and a brush cutter out with us just to smooth this uh, path out just so you can even find it. It's like we're walking through woods in some of the areas, but it's easy to tackle if you know where to go. And what, what kind of other obstacles are you dealing with? Do you have, uh, I mean, like just as far as the work itself goes, I mean, I imagine, you know, heat, humidity, bugs maybe. What what about that kind of stuff? Uh, there's a lot of ticks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ticks. there's a lot of ticks. And uh, we like spray ourselves down with bug spray and like essential oils and stuff and it works pretty good but there's always just that one tick in the middle of your back for some reason what what kind of essential oils do you tend to use oh it's a sage and peppermint mix for whatever reason it works almost better than the bug spray the only thing as good as it is the like the permethrin permethrin Mm -hmm. like it's okay but the essential oils almost do better than all of it and isn't that permethrin or permethrin or permutations of uh, some sounds like that. Isn't that stuff like a neurotoxin or something? You have to put it on your clothes and let it dry entirely before you put your clothes on. It can't actually like be wet on your skin, but you. You, treat your, you treat your pants with it and they jump off. I've had some some dealings with ticks in the last few weeks and uh, yeah, I, I just thought you were supposed to destroy them with blow torches. <laughs> That's the that's the fun way, but unfortunately we can't take those on the trail. Ah, uh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, so, about how many miles of trail do you do you think you've you've uh, actually worked on? And then also, how many miles of trail do you suppose you've walked this year? Uh, well, I'm not sure. Like the entire, I haven't added up the entire scope of the four weeks yet. But we hike about six miles a day. And we were thinking about 14 to 15 miles a week. Yeah, at least. So we work four days a week. Okay. So work four days a week, and then what do you do during those other uh, other three days? Well, lately we've just gone home and played on my farm, so that's pretty fun. Did, did you drink any beer? <laughs> oh, so much. So awesome. much beer. What's, uh, what's going on on your farm? Uh, we have cows uh, and dogs, and we actually make a lot of art together. We go home and do murals and pour paint and just get kind of creative, and then we take hikes. That sounds like a good way to spend three days. Absolutely. Um, what, what do you think is one of the funnest things that's happened so far during these four weeks? Uh, this is one of them. This was definitely a surprise. <laughs> but um, I would say it's really fun to go swimming and like see a bunch of sights, but more more fun like the thing that i take away from it the most is it just is very like humbling and humanizing to be in the woods and just be at the mercy of nature we stepped over i stepped over a copperhead while staring at my feet a juvenile copper i was staring at my feet and i stepped right over it and it slithered away it slithered away but what was so interesting about your feet i was watching where i was stepping because i didn't want to trip <laughs> Ah, uh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. What, what do you think? What's the, one of the most like interesting or, or fun or weird things that's happened out here? Well, honestly, this area in Sutton Bluffs has been the most beautiful. Like all the cliffside and everything that we've got to see has been like the most memorable. But as far as like the freakiest, just two days ago, the biggest copperhead of my life came out after my feet when I uh, unfortunately cut its house down. But uh, that was a little memorable. But like Aaron said, it's the travel, it's the getting outside, it's the like, it's the trail itself. It's different almost everywhere you go. And you never know like if you're going to run into a biker or people hiking or just a downed tree, then then you have to mark for someone to come cut. Horses. Horses, yeah. So is this, uh, has this experience maybe inspired y'all to think about doing the entire trail at some point? I would do it. 
I think, yeah, basically because I like to see the, the different di- kinds of landscapes that Missouri has to offer. It's a really rich and beautiful place, and I really love hiking in it. Yeah, definitely. I definitely would. It, uh, it's made me stronger, for sure. And what about you? Oh, yeah. I would definitely consider doing the whole thing. Just taking a few weeks and getting some people together, maybe more than a few weeks, and then just seeing how much we can do. This is for me, because I've been into some of the caves, and this is the cave state, right? So are there any interesting caves or other, like, sort of weird or great diversions um, along the trail that either you've, you've gone to or that you are aware of that, that hikers, if they're going to be coming out, should, should definitely check out? Well, there's a lot of caves that offer tour, like Onondaga State Park, and I know Merrimack State Park has a cave that they have, uh, that they have a cave too. Um, but personally, I found a cave right off the trail, like just a wild cave that I randomly found off the trail, and it was amazing. It was really cool. I wouldn't suggest that without proper gear, though. Absolutely. What other things do you want people to know about the Ozark Trail? It's so diverse, especially with the ground you're walking on. You can go from sandstone to chert to loose gravel to the side of just like a rocky cliff, it almost seems like, in almost two miles. You almost have to like come prepared with like shoes and gear ready to go. I was really surprised, actually, by how diverse it was. Um, I would let people know that there is all sorts of just gorgeous waterfalls, springs, um, other caves that are open to just go on. Like, there's trails. Just There's all sorts of randomness. I've actually been exploring the Ozarks my whole life, and I still haven't seen, like... Even a small percentage of it, I feel like, there's something new every time I go down there. And the Ozark Trail, uh, pretty sure, goes by a lot of, a lot of that, so. It, it gives you a big sense of, like, Missouri's natural history, too. You never expect it to be so wild or thick or even open in some places, and you're just like, wow, people pioneered out here. <laughs> Cool. Well, I think we'll go ahead and wrap it up there. Uh, thank you so much for for getting out there and building trail, for maintaining trail, and for uh, for what you all do at the, uh, the Ozark Trail Association. Oh, yeah. No problem. Thank awesome. you. Yeah. And we're back. I'm surprised they didn't badmouth the Ozark Highlands Trail. Yeah. No, no, I thought no, there was a rivalry. Uh, it's all love. It's all love. <laughs> okay. That's very cool, though, that uh, you randomly ran into Then I'm surprised King Kurtz wasn't there, though. I, I got to tell you. Yeah, it was... It was pretty funny I, I i mean you know it's one of those deals where it, it, it doesn't surprise me anymore that crazy little serendipitous things right, like that yeah. happen right. but they're always so awesome when they do you know ken kurtz was too busy planning his next mega rave mega mega well mega. those those mega tra- <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah those mega trail events that they put on for the ozark trail sound really cool yeah. it does sound really cool i've never been like a part bands, of anything like, like that free food and bands and you just like go work on the trail for the day or two yeah that's they really need to cool. do this in colorado you know what they need though let's take it to the next level a mariachi band walking the trail mariachi sure mm-hmm. uh, walking the trail while you, you people are doing trail do? work they, to, to like keep them motivated they need I to like get it. that uh brett denon brett denon he he does the thing with the backpacker magazine who? We're like Brett, Brett Denon. Denon. Yeah, he's like a singer songwriter dude with the guitar and stuff. I, I don't, I don't. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Is he any relation to Pat Axel Dixon? Probably. I mean, it's a small country. Because you know, Pat's got a new song. 
Oh man, it's rocking. Oh dude, I, I don't know if you've heard all of last month's show. I I definitely got through this part. All right, folks can go back to last month's Yeah, I was I was listening to that on my uh, my walk today. Whoa, sorry, I don't know how that clip got played. I'm sorry. Where were we? I'm lost. Special was talking about his two months. Oh yeah, on the road. On two the months road. on the road. Uh, yeah. So uh, most recently we were in in Missouri and uh, and checking out some caves, Lake of the Ozarks area. Um, we were over there at, at a youth camp, which was super cool. Uh, they're out of St. Louis, and it's like uh, they they're essentially like getting city kids out there, and it's like yeah. seventy five bucks for a, for a month long what camp, which is kind of crazy. So like they've they've got like you know the kids that aren't making the money and stuff, and so if their families can't even hmm. afford that, then they've got scholarships to, or two you know, and a grants half or whatever. A day. It's ridiculous. Uh, so we went out and spent a great day with them. It was actually the last event that we did before we kind of made the big haul back here to uh, to to Colorado. But yeah, they're they're really cool. Um, and I'm and so envious of what you guys do. And you're seeing parts of the country that you hmm. would have never seen. Ex- except for this experience, right? Yeah, I like, mean, you're so going we went, to odd, out-of-the-way places and out-of-the-way pieces of out-of-the-way states. Places that I didn't even realize existed. Yeah. So, like, Roosevelt, um, uh, Theodore Roosevelt National Park in North Dakota, uh, which is, like, the Badlands of North Dakota. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, went up there, saw wild bison and uh, the, the sort of wild horses that are up there. And, uh, yeah, a couple... I mean, we went, up, we went to the Boundary Waters Canoe Area. Uh, How are the mosquitoes? Ooh, this is a sensitive subject. <laughs> so, Do tell. Okay, Apparently, so like, Zool forgot the bug spray. Or did you forget the bug spray? We both forgot the bug spray. Let's be real. I mean, like, okay. I I need bug spray, and I didn't double check to make sure it was it was like in anything. But Why like, didn't you just wear long sleeves and long shirts and overcoats and like you know lots of layers? Because uh, it's, it's it's really hot and it's really humid. Okay. And once you're on the lake itself or like out on the river itself, because it's 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 technically a river, but it's really more like a large lake. Um, and we were on the Kuishi We. We got hooked up by. Um, by trail show listener, uh, John Mowry. Yeah, shout yeah. out. Yeah, so he's uh, the guy from Abel Seed House and Brewery. Oh, yeah. And, Very uh, nice. So he, he hooked us up with a friend of his who um, is the director of Outward Bound Voyager. Oh, and, wow. Uh, and so we got to take a canoe out and spent like two nights out uh, on the Kawishiwi River in the Boundary Waters canoe area and uh, did some paddling around, hmm. saw a bald eagle, I watched a dragonfly like hatch out of its larval form. Very cool um, photo. Yeah, you posted. and uh, so it was. It was pretty cool. Um, however, there definitely were the mosquitoes and like doing some of the portages. It's it's like you're taking this big aluminum canoe and you're putting it on your shoulders, sort of like a backpack, and carrying mm. it over some pretty rocky, rooty, muddy trails. Um, and you know, it's, it's it, it was it was a little bit much a couple of times. So we we opted for a little more paddling and a little less portaging. Yeah, that's a good idea. Question: Is Team East Central posting anywhere specifically just as Team East Central on social media? Uh, all of our stuff pretty much goes into like one aggregate feed. 
Okay, so uh, for the leave no trace people, I see. Um, so the traveling teams, as well as like some stuff from the center, is all posted on on those feeds. But are you posting stuff yourselves then, just like on your individual accounts? Yeah, absolutely. But we are okay. we all um, are also posting on the the leave no trace Instagram, uh, okay. and and uh, and Facebook. Uh, we put up some videos on YouTube as well. Um, are you on Snapchat? I do not do the Snapchat. What about Tumblr? I. Don't do Tumblr. Are you on oh. Grinder? <laughs> no, that's. I'm no. sorry. That's, that's Squatch. That's, that's Squatch. Oh yeah, Squatch was on there. Anyway, I, I'm no. So just mainly the Instagrams. Mainly the Instagrams. Yeah, the Grams is good, man. Yeah, yeah. It's photos. It's what we want to see. Okay. Excellent. Is that it for trips? That's beauty? it for trips. Okay. Can I do an update on missing countries? Please. I would like to hear about this. We yeah. talked about Cuba and Lesotho last yes. month. Where are we? Still at zero. Oh. What? Nobody? Not no, one? Not one. Come on, people. I, I, I messaged our good friend out of order today and said, hey, what up with Cuba? But he's giving me the cold shoulder. So Nothing. Nothing. Crickets. He he's sent off us the trail. Clips. Now uh, we don't exist anymore. He sent us clips for 10 months and now we get nothing. We get nothing. He's done with us. I, I'm disappointed. I was looking forward to an update. I mean, I knew he Me was too. done. Well, that's but the I update. Thought, the update I is zero. Like maybe there was going to be some sort of like, you know, now that I'm back, like, because I know he was back on the last one, but he was like right. freshly back. And I thought like yeah. maybe we get the, the, the what he's doing now. <sighs> maybe he's got the darkies. Maybe he's got oh. out of order. I've had the darkies the last couple of days. Maybe, we should explain that. Maybe you've been having the darkies too. We've been watching. Uh, we talked about this video previously on the show. Our good friend Zach Rotundo, he did the <laughs> the McDouble challenge on the PCT. Oh, uh, yes, yeah. yeah. 27 McDoubles, 90 miles. I've actually watched this video three times in the it's last month. It's pretty funny. Again. He's so dirty. It's and by the way, Zach or people that he know Zach, filthy. I want this man. On, we, we need to get him on the show. Yeah, we do. He's we also awesome. watched his chicken Mc, McNugget challenge, which mm-hmm. didn't yeah. go as well. But um, he at one point during the, I think it was no, it was during the chicken nugget challenge. Yeah, no, he was great on the McDonald's. Yeah, McDonald's. Yeah, he, he, he went through hiker just like super a food. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But apparently, chicken nuggets don't quite have the the good ratio of carbohydrates and protein that the McDonald's do. So, which I find disappointing because I, I I like chicken nuggets. Yeah. And uh, anyway, he talks at one point. He said he it was like three days into the challenge and. He talks about the darkies, and that's I, like when you start getting like negative. Yeah, you, you, in your mind, your your mind speak is is all negative. And he referenced a movie which I haven't seen, which I might have to watch. But it's called you know when you start hearing those negative voices in your head when you're on trail, that's the darkies. Yeah, the and darkies. beware of the darkies because they will they will make you do things like get off the trail. Well, yeah, and you he don't, was. You don't want to get I think he was really actually. You got to get on the trail. I think he was really hungry because he was eating chicken McNuggets and it was like mostly protein and no carbs, and that's all he was eating. And yeah. with the McDoubles, he had the bun to complement the patty. So yeah, that makes sense. He felt like it was messing with his mojo and his brain, and that's when he referenced getting the darkies. And yeah. so maybe, uh, well, I've been having a little bit of the darkies. I got a trip coming up, and I'm feeling a little bit in limbo. So. I just need to get out there, and you need uh, to get on the trail. I do, and you know, get maybe trail, out of order. Maybe he's fine. Maybe he's just been going to raves every night, and he's you know I, doesn't I, have time. I for hope us. out of order is having a great time. Yeah, me too. I'm sure he is. I, I feel like we need we really need to get him in studio, and I I sure want to be there for it. Yep. Yep. He's he's got an invite, but you know he's kind of an East Coast sort of dude. It might Florida. be a while before Florida. He gets he's a well, Florida I, man. 
out of order. I mean, you know, if you're uh, if you check out that lnt.org slash calendar, Ooh. Check, check me out, bro. See, what, yeah. see what's going on. If you're in the area, we, we should link up. What do we have now, P.O.D.Z.? Um, well, we can either talk about our media review or we could do some, uh, some shout outs. I tell you what, let's do iTunes top five. Let's do it. All right. I don't really want to do iTunes this month. Oh, man. Should we do donors? I think so. Okay, let's do our donors. Have we had some donors? Well, we have our our monthly donors. Okay. We've got Bernard Wolf. Bernie. Bernie. So I need to give him a special shout out. Okay. Okay. So he hooked up a uh, a lab coat. Oh, yeah. For me, uh, so that I could be Krieger from the the Archer series. Oh, love Archer. We went to Comic Con in Denver. Uh, and we all went as like Archer characters, and he hooked up a lab coat for me that helped like totally pull off the costume. Yeah, you make a good Krieger. A, a tangent. I have a trail connection with Archer that I must mention. Oh. When I finished the Grand Enchantment Trail in 2014, Skittles and myself oh, yeah. were staying at um, one of his friend's house in Albuquerque known as Dude. And Dude, Dude was a big fan of Archer. I'd never heard of it. So we were hanging out. We had like two days to kill before we caught our flights. And dude was into Archer. So dude and Skittles and myself watched a bunch of Archer in his apartment. And I, at first I didn't, I couldn't quite understand what I was watching. And then I slowly got hooked. And now I'm on season seven, ladies and gentlemen. It's, it's like I hadn't actually watched it until we decided to do it. And I was sort of like drafted into it originally. But I was all about it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was like, yeah, I want to go to Comic-Con. Sure. Oh, we're all going to dress up as like. You know, like co-characters on a show. Awesome. Sounds great. Yeah. Uh, so I started watching the episodes just so I like, had a clue. Like, Frame of reference. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like what, what the heck the character was supposed to be like. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's, it's, it's bizarre but entertaining. I definitely like it. Zul was a good Lana Kane. Oh, yeah. I must say. Yeah. She, yeah. she rocked. Our other friends were, uh, were Cyril and then uh, the character Cheryl slash Carol. Yeah. Um, so nice. She, she's an interesting guy. Big up, yeah. Scooby Bear. Big up, yes. Scooby. We've got Thanks a lot, man. Russ, not Fuss Kinder. Russ. Craig Pisco Gully. What Pisco. a guy. What a guy. Chris Smith. Gringo can, Madness. Can, yes. I, can I? Can I have another tangent? <laughs> yes. Please. Oh man, I, I the Piscos. Yeah. Oh. We got the bottle around the corner. I don't have all the ingredients, though. You could drink some straight Pisco, man. <laughs> it's, it wouldn't be the same. It would not be the same. I can make you, you a pseudo one, though. I, 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 I could make... We, we might have to do that later. Yeah. Yeah, it's we well it. worth it's it. It's really Oof. good. Yeah. The Bobby Walters. Bobby! You just heard her That's earlier. Right. She's real. Joshua bow down to Ja Bowden. Bow down. Diane Pinkers. Pinkers. David Vitti. Vitti! Hey! Justin Quality Knowles. Quality. Quality. Jason Lurch, not Church Dean. Not the church. Ingrid Gerard. Vermont. Samuel Emery. The board. The board. Rudy from North Cascade Hiker Podcast.com. Hey. Yay. Forget about it. Jeffrey, not Sessions. Not well. Beauregard. <laughs> not Sessions. Buddy Sessoms, not Sessions. Florida. Man. <laughs> Pat the Bouncer Dixon. Axel! Get out of here. And let's see, we had a went-off today from Mark what? Weatherington what? Oh, Jr. Esquire, Lord the Third. Boom, bam. Yeah, anyway. I just Thank you, Mark. It. And as well as uh, 
Chris Scavenger Danu stayed with us. Scavenger, that was so cool. And and by the way, Scavenger, that beer donation will happen on next month's show. Right. We had two we had an influx of beer this month. We're sorry, but trust me. We got those beers written down that you recommended, and we're going to take yep. that $1,000 you gave us, and we're That's going to right. the beer store. Such a generous donation. Yes. It was a so financial low bar. Scavenger is on the uh, CDT right now, and uh, he came through Salida last week, maybe, and uh, stayed here with yep. uh, his, his buddy Spam. Spam. Good guy. What a guy. Anxious to get back out there, and uh, he had a few other friends that came through um, Mac and Appa, and they were pretty fun. They all came yeah. over one night for dinner. And then, tangent, we were hanging out on the pa- on the porch with some other friends, and we saw these other two guys walking down the street, and we knew they were through, you know, you could tell they've got their, like, oh, yeah. Walmart bags in their backpacks. You could see, on. like, the stink waves coming so, off. So we them. started, like, whispering and looking at them, and then they noticed, and they were, like, you know, kind of uncomfortable. Whoa. Whoa. Kind of uncomfortable. And then, uh, as they came, like, right in front of the porch, I, I said, hey, are you guys homeless? <laughs> <laughs> and it was oh, these two uh, CDT through hikers. They're, they're from Israel. And I can't remember their names, although the one guy is going by Rocky, and he really does look like a young Sylvester Stallone. So oh, really? That was pretty cool. Hey. Yeah. Hey, tough hey. I, lo- I run upstairs. So, yeah, they were like, no, no, we're hiking the sea. I was like, I know. We're just, just kidding. It's POD. <laughs> I know. And then I think one of them... Knew about the show and was yeah, like, for, Yeah, he heard your name and I think he knew <laughs> about the trail show. That I was, was like, funny. Yeah, that's POD that's jerking you around. Yeah. So send hate mail to her, like, right here. Yeah. Right here. Yeah. So, anyway, that was <laughs> a good Just write it down on this just piece of paper. Anyway, so it was fun to host those guys. Thanks, Scavenger, for bringing the crew through. And uh, yeah, I think that's it. Our beer sponsor this month is The Onion. Yes. And he brought his own ice. And I also have a crowler from Perrin that I hope that we can get to that I got on my trip to Michigan. Ooh. Let's go to break. Let's do it. When we come back, we've got mailbag. We've got Ask a Hiker. And we've got a media review. And oh, the, oh, the fire thing. A tent steak review. Oh, yeah. This is going to be kind of a different one. Don't go anywhere. The trail show will be right back in a minute. The Trail Show. Less gear, more beer. Today's show is brought to you by the American Long Distance Hiking Association West, an organization of individuals interested in the pursuit of all aspects of long distance hiking. Alda West provides a forum for the exchange of ideas on every aspect from gear, food, travel, dangers, expectations, trail weather, all the way to how to ease back into normal life after months on the trail and tent stakes. Alda West hosts an annual gathering every fall to honor Triple Crown hikers, trail angels, and to celebrate endeavors of our hiking peers. Join us this year at our first ever Colorado gathering. This Rocky Mountain High themed gathering will be held September 29th through October 1st at the Keystone Science School in beautiful Keystone, Colorado. Early registration deals end July 31st and space is limited. For more information on the gathering or about All the West, visit www.aldhawest.org. Yeah, that's the sound of town. We've been drinking some more beer, ladies and gentlemen. 
What do you have in your hand there, Special 41? So this is sort of an interesting thing. It's a collaboration with Lonely Planet, like the people that make the The, the travel guides. guides. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and it's called Travel Notes. It's an international IPA. Hmm. Uh, and the deal here is um, this floral fruity IPA features five ingredients sourced from five continents, showcasing a world of extraordinary flavors explored in Lonely Planet's global beer tour. Oh. Whoa! Yeah, so it's... How is uh, it? uh, hold, hold, oh. hold your horses. I thought you'd already poured it. Right, we need to know so, ABV, IBUs, and, and specific gravity. So I, what I'm do we have? pour a little here and... Uh, That's a nice color. Yeah, it's like kind of a pinkish color. Um, let's see. The ABV is 6.5. over there? So 6.5%. That's <laughs> um, <laughs> super loud. Yeah. Rinse that glass good, man. Clean the palate. Um, it's a, co- a collaboration with uh, Fieldwork Brewing. Oh, uh, we had some. That was the, the people that make the cucumber. Oh, man. Oh. Fieldwork might be in the yeah. running for Brewery of the Year. I so this is actually really cool. So they've got uh, mangoes from Africa. Um, from Europe, they've got barley. Um, from North America, they've got hops. Um, from like New Zealand, they've got uh, some Australian hops as well. Um, and then some acai berries from South America, which is pretty crazy. So No, I can appreciate the Lonely Planet connection, but can I just say like mangoes from Africa? I mean, can you, the carbon footprint of this can of beer is a little ridiculous when all you, of these things can be sourced like... You do not touch the mango. I don't know. I mean, it seems a little... Wow, it, it does have a raspberry hue. Wow, it's really hoppy smelling. Oh, and it's kind of sour. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it almost tastes like a sour. Is it sour on purpose? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's got it's definitely got like that hopsy thing going on. It's got but it's berries not, in it. So. It's not harsh to me, though. No. Yeah, it. you can definitely taste that berry. Mm. Disco's not a sour guy. I'm not a sour guy. I, I don't know that I'm picking up the mangoes, though. But I would say, no, but I would say that this is a very interesting IPA. This, because it smells yeah. really hoppy, but it doesn't taste hoppy at all, and it tastes more sour. Did you? Do you think yeah. it smells hoppy? I do. I've got a little bit of a grapefruit going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would call this an IPA with an asterisk. Well, it's pretty cool, but I do think that mangoes from Africa and hops from New Zealand, I mean, come on, people. Um, so I'm going to let you get to the other beers there in a second, but I did kind of uh, go through and do some skimming and scanning here. Yeah, did you truncate that letter from the onion? That thing was like you yeah, know, know ten pages long. I know, kind of a kind of a long one. That's I mean, how he is. Diatribe. How about, he's, how about he's, a music? He's short, there so you know he overcompensates with his writing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Pod, please. Come on. That he's was, an ultra. That was rough. Come he on. gave us a lot of good beer. I know, you're you're being hateful. Come on, I'm please. not being hateful. I'm being podful. Podful. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. I mean, he brought okay. his own ice. It's true. He did. I should. And he gets points for okay. that for sure. Okay. And it was a giant, giant piece of ice that he brought. It's like a 20-pound block of ice. Yeah, it was crazy. Like block ice? Block ice. Well, he had filled a giant... Dry, it was dry ice, man. I it put was my, dry ice? I actually uh, put my hand on it, and it stuck. So, no. like, like seriously, dry ice? No. No. Okay. That's a lie. Because that would have been, like, next level. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so basically what he said was he doesn't buy stuff from the Bay Area because it's snobby. Um... And he wanted to focus on East Bay beer. So you were correct, Disco. I was wrong. And um, But he said, a few San Francisco beers made it in because they looked delicious while I was standing in line at the Berkeley Bowl, like the Grapefruit Blood Orange oh, Rattler. Which that thing is incredible. We had the other night. 
Okay. Right? Were you here for that? Mm, Sorry, no. we drank that Sorry. before you came. Oh, my bad. Uh, we actually drank both of those. Yeah. And oops. That beer is trouble. If if I had access to that, they don't sell it in Colorado. It's that like I know, juice. You could give it to kids. Yeah, and it's it's, so fi- it's five percent ABV, but you do not taste one uh-huh. ounce of alcohol in that at all. Trouble. Yeah. So it's that was trouble. the grapefruit blood orange Rattler. It was really oh, good. That does sound good. He said. So we got that, or so that was a Bay Area beer. He said. So they looked really delicious, or because they were so disgusting, I would never get rid of them on my own. So we have two of those right now: the Twenty First Amendment, Winter <laughs> Spiced Ale, and there's another one that he said was uh, oh the pills. I think nothing like a winter spiced ale in July. Yeah. One reason Berkeley is great for beer is because former Mayor Tom Bates who in addition to actually combating the housing affordability crisis by letting apartments get built in Berkeley over NIMBY opposition, wrote AB3, AB 3610 when he served in the state assembly. The bill legalized brew pubs in California yeah. and helped start the craft beer revolution. Hey, didn't Lil Wayne sing a song about him? Some I used to be ballin', but now I'm Tom Bateson. Yeah, that's who it's about. Isn't that Tom yeah. Bates? Okay. Nothing. Okay, so from no, Berkeley, no. Th- there's the Sour from Sour Only Rare Barrel. We haven't opened that yet. Three Brews, Cucumber, Broken Clouds, Double IPA, partnered with Lonely Planet from West Berkeley's Fieldwork Brewing. Uh, and it says they specialize in IPAs. We should see if we can try to get some other ones from them. Uh, we should get everything. Also, a can of Trumer Pills. This is an Austrian company from Salzburg, but they opened a brewery in 2004 in Berkeley for the U.S. market. Uh, we've got Novel Brewing from Oakland. Those were the Crowlers. Husband and wife team started this on San Pablo Avenue. Just celebrated their one-year anniversary. Close to San Most Pablo Most of their brews Bay. have a writing-themed name. From mm. uh, San Leandro. I'm sure they say Leandro. Uh, Drake's and a half. Th- those are the ones that we yep. started with. He said he's never gotten into Drake's, but I think they're one of the larger brewers in the area. I thought they were pretty good. He's can, he's Canadian. He's pretty popular yeah. these days with the hip-hop kids. You know. <laughs> it's true. Drake. And from, from Alameda, uh, Faction Pale Ale, which we haven't opened that one yet either. Hmm. Uh, is that the one you have in your hand? Yeah, this is, this, this is it right we here. Got, we got our work cut out yeah, for Yeah, Alameda's an island in the bay. The decommissioned naval base is where they filmed the highway chasing from The Matrix Reloaded. Ooh. Huh. The okay. brewery probably has fantastic views of San Francisco and the Bay Bridge. That's all I know. Enjoy. Wow. So that was the my best go at truncating. Well, shall I, shall I go ahead and open this faction pale ale? Yeah, sure. Crack it. 5.4%. Sure, let's I do think it. So. Anyway, that's that's from the onion. We got a little mailbag this month. Did oh, somebody yeah. send us some missives, some yes. dispatches, some letters from abroad? Um, from we've got uh, John from Facebook wrote. My wife and I listened to the OHT episode on Monday. Here's a couple of thoughts I had. Mm. I'd recommend any information Tim Ernst provides about the trail. Yeah, Stephen he's, Parker mentioned. Yeah, Tim he said Ernst. he's great. Can go into a little too much detail sometimes. Sounds like our boy um, Jim Wolf. Hey, better too much detail than not, not enough. Because <laughs> we've been there too. Yeah. Winter would be a yeah. great would be great, but be sure to wear orange. There are some more places. <laughs> it says there are more places to get food like Buffalo Outdoor Center in hmm. Ponca, Ponzo. That's about a half mile off trail. The BOC. Ponca. Yeah. I'm go uh, Jasper, Ponca. five miles off trail and at the end of the Buffalo River Trail section. Ooh. Uh shouldn't have a problem hitching rides. My wife and I have done small sections. Uh, and then it says the BRT is great with some cool cemeteries on trail, and it's got some nice side trails. 
That's probably a section that the okay. OHT utilizes. I, I'm just going to point out like the strangeness of the of, of the phrase uh, is great with some cool cemeteries on trail. <laughs> <laughs> on trail, I've heard hikers say things like this. Yeah, it's true. It's just, I mean, yeah. I funny. have slept in a cemetery. I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not judging, but I'm just saying like that's a strange yeah. sentence right there. Well, it's just like when you hear people talking and they're like, "Oh, they have great, great privies." You know. Yeah. Yeah, it's I mean, kind of funny. Yeah, that's true. I've seen some great um, previews, too. Charlie from Facebook wrote... Charlie. Listening to new episode, never heard of Moose Jaw before. <laughs> it said, maybe, really? maybe if my favorite trail podcast talked about gear once in a while. He, oh. Moose Jaw's been around really. for like <laughs> 10 years. I mean, like, yeah... I, I, I think I I think I remember it when I was in high school. So yeah, yeah, longer than ten years. Also, we got a postcard. We got a postcard, and this postcard is from the Doyle, and it was in two point font. Yes, it's huh. Duncannon. Uh, so this 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 postcard is from twenty fifteen. You see, you've cr- he's crossed it out and written twenty seventeen. But hey, it's reduce, cool. It's, reuse, recycle, man. It's kids art. And, and real quick, he wrote it in the style of a Mister Money Mustache blog post where. Mustache has readers like kind of write in like what their situation is, and then he tries to give them some direction. So he right. kind of did the same format and style. Yeah. So it is written in two point font, which was pretty entertaining. And and honestly, our hope was to read it on the last show, like at the end when Dilo only had one, well, point five eyes out open. We thought that'd be real <laughs> funny to hand him that postcard and have him stumble through, but we forgot. And we need special to weigh in on this because yeah. this might even be more of an ask a hiker thing than it is a mailbag thing. But I well, don't know. should we should we table it for ask a hiker? We could. Well, wait, are, what, are, aren't we going to read this this postcard? Yeah, it, I mean, I can't read that. It's yeah, we'll table it for like ask a, a hiker. Hand. Yeah. Okay. That the postcard is actually more of an ask a hiker question. Wait, you want me to yeah. read this postcard? No, 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 no. I can't read that. No, yeah, it's but so we, tiny. We want you to weigh in on the, his question when we get there. When we get there. Oh, okay. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna save it though. Okay. We're gonna make you wait for it. All right, mailbag is over. We've covered donors. Media review this month, which is actually kind of a break from our norm of reviewing a book or uh, a film. We reviewed. A podcast episode mm-hmm. from a podcast called Reveal. It's from the Center for Investigative Reporting at PRX. It's part of that whole public radio international, NPR. PRI. Like, kind of the umbrella. Um, and it's actually a podcast I'd never heard of before. Um, you can check them out at revealnews.org. Anyway, what, what caught my eye, we were driving back uh, from doing trail no work. Yeah, doing trail work driving into Salida, and we're listening to the local NPR station because that's kind of about the only station that we can get around here. And we just happened to, like, drop in on the tail end of this podcast. The episode is specifically called America's Ring of Fire. And it the end piece of the podcast, which is what we heard, and if you skip up to minute 35, you'll hear about the Schultz Fire in Flagstaff. And then what Flagstaff did in the aftermath of this wildfire. But I would actually encourage you, listen to the whole episode. It's less than an hour. It's really interesting. It actually talks about wildfire all over the U.S. In in South Carolina, in Kansas, East Coast, Midwest, West Coast, Rocky Mountain West. I I like that it talked about sort of the history of wildfires as well. Exactly. It wasn't just like, oh, this is, you know, fires are bad these days. It it really went into the, the history of like, when suppression sort of started to happen in some of these yep. areas and 
and how that's impacted the natural fire ecology of of the areas and yeah it was definitely it was definitely pretty interesting yeah in in basically the synopsis is that somewhere around 1880 1890 we started suppressing every fire that popped up and as a result we now have this build up of dense forests which is dense fuels i think a lot of people need to realize especially if you're on trail now Typically, a dense forest isn't a natural forest. It's not a forest in its natural state, and it's not a healthy forest. Yeah, especially when you see forests that are like all entirely one tree, too. Yeah, you know that's a tip, monoculture. That's like a good sign that that there's something not totally normal going on ecologically wise. Yeah, but you know, it got it spoke to me a bit because I I did this hike in Arizona in March, and we finished the hike in Flagstaff, and I'd heard about the Schultz fire. It was a 15,000-acre fire that happened a couple years ago. And the fire itself actually didn't do the bulk of the the destruction. It was actually the rains that came in after the fire had occurred. And there was no longer any trees or any vegetation to hold up the steep mountainsides. And the flooding that happened in uh, Flagstaff after that fire actually killed a person. And it destroyed a lot of structures. And it did a hell of a lot of damage. And so Flagstaff kind of had a come-to-Jesus moment and was like, how did this happen, and how do we keep it from happening again? And they kind of changed their entire mindset about... There's this concept of to save a forest, you have to cut trees. Yeah. And in the West in particular, this is true. Uh, If you've got a super dense forest, it's if, if all the crowns are touching and you get a lightning strike in there, and it ignites a tree. Yeah, it's just going to race. It's going to run. It's like yeah. a domino train. Yeah. yeah. It's like, exactly. It's like dominoes. Every tree falls because they're all connected. So the idea is that if you can thin out some of the trees and create some space between the crowns, and typically you only have to cut the small and medium sized trees to do this, you can leave the larger, older trees, some of the old growth trees. Um, you can break up the canopies, break up the fuels. And then you don't have like a catastrophic wildfire that just runs from crown to crown to crown, like what happened in Yellowstone in the late '80s. Yeah, because I mean, when that happens, it's pretty much game over for as for you know as far as the winds and the and the temperature and and as long as you've got trees to burn, they're going to burn. Yeah. Um, But yeah, if you can, and and it's kind of about diversity too, right? Like, I mean, if you if you're just suppressing fire all the time, um, yeah, you end up with with these. these forests that aren't natural and yeah. uh, and they're more susceptible to things like you know emerald ash borer and, and yeah. But here's so. the here's the rub, and I'll and I'll pose this to you. This is like the world I'm involved in with my day job, forestry and and wildfire mitigation, and yeah. How do we make our forests healthy? How do we reduce density? How do we prevent cat- catastrophic wildfires? So here's the rub. More and more people are moving into places like Colorado that are forested into western states and they're moving further and further out of the cities and into what they call the wildland urban interface which is basically they're moving into the woods. Yeah. The public that has moved into the woods won't stand for this idea of we shouldn't put out every fire because if we don't put out every every fire then their home is at stake. And keep in mind this is private property abutting public land. And the expectation is that a lot of private landowners feel that public resources should be put into keeping their private homes from burning down that are adjacent to this public land. So 
what do you do? Like, how how do you, you know, a lot of the, especially Ponderosa pine forests are adapted to fire. They need fire, actually, to continue. Right, for the, the so, seeds to actually be able to germinate. Exactly. Yeah. So if you put out every fire to appease the private landowners that have moved into the woods, then you're kind of ruining this Ponderosa pine ecosystem that relies on fire to do what it needs to do. Well, so I, I, how I do you please everybody? I don't think you can put out every fire, and I don't think you can actually convince people who who you, they've moved out there for the trees. The idea of cutting down a single tree is horrific to them. But I do think that at least in Colorado, this problem is going to correct itself because people who have moved into the outskirts of conifer and evergreen and places like that, I mean, the, the reality is that in many of those places... When the fire comes, not if, but when the fire comes, there's not going to be any stopping it. Yeah. You're not going to be able to put it out. And so hopefully no one will die or get hurt. But as an aftermath, people in other places will learn from that. And if they don't, then they're going to have to wait to learn their lesson as that type of thing moves around the state. Because in this state, there's so many places where... It's only a matter of time before specific area, like we were just talking about I seventy. That's going to yeah. burn like to that whole the ground. Summit County area yeah. is it's just gonna, like filled with beetle kill and everywhere. You, and you're not going to be able if if a wildfire comes and there's any sort of wind, you are not going to be able to put that out. And so it's, it's going to burn, and then people are going to be like, "Hmm." I I why don't did think that, that there's any one answer either for any any yeah. spot, right? I mean, like it's it, it's really complicated. How how do you take a a ecosystem that we've been putting an unnatural pressure on for over a hundred years and how do you how do you take that and start to move it back into the direction of of reestablishing a native ecosystem uh, which i think is should be the aim right i mean like yeah. if we want our forestry to to be as good as it can like going going with with trying to return to as like as natural a state of, of forest as we can is probably like the best ideal but yeah, I mean that's those are questions well beyond my yeah. scope, that's for sure. But I, I do think that one of the things that we should do is is sort of come, like have the conversation as a public about, hey, what what do we want to do with these with these public spaces? Do we want to continue to to have these big wildfires that sweep through and just destroy everything, or do we do we want to see some some like experimental yeah. areas where we go ahead and like go in and try to do controlled burns in order to start reestablishing things and maybe right. uh, alongside with you know uh, specific plantings of other other trees that w- were that were known to be here in greater numbers before we sort of suppressed fire and stuff so, yeah and I, yeah, do, I don't know it's I do think it's really cool it on, is. on that podcast how they talked about the um, regular firefighters not wild and yeah. crews but just regular firefighters in Flagstaff yeah. are going out and doing preventative work. And I think that's really awesome because firefighters are doing such an important job, but a lot of their day is spent waiting, right, for things right. to happen. And, and so I think this is a really cool way for firefighters to be being able to get outside, be in the outdoors, yeah. and be more active, I guess. In, in the end, it's in their best interest, too, because when wildfires come that close, close to town, you're urban firefighters not just your wildland firefighters are going to be involved so yeah yeah and so they're like they were going out and, and cutting fire breaks and stuff right? yeah so, i mean yeah was, they were doing know. in mitigation around people's homes yeah mm-hmm. so they're thinning trees around people's homes so that the, 
the crowns of trees aren't connected to the wooden homes because all of that is fuel, you know, And, and if it's all connected, it will all burn. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've gone out to a private landowner's property and, you know, I'm like, all right, there's a hundred foot radius around your, your home. We need to be thinking about thinning trees and there might even be some grant money for the HOA that they're in. And I'll mark the trees that need to come out to meet kind of the Colorado state standard. And, and it's like, you've got free money to remove these trees. Here they are. And they say, no. Yeah. Because they don't think this could ever happen to them. And the reality is that it will, and it's just a matter of time. But it's kind of, you know, if you've never been involved in a wildfire, it, even if one burned five miles away, you just don't think it could happen to you. And it's it's too bad. It's just like sticking your head in the sand, you know? Yeah, it really is. And I mean, especially in the West, the, it, you know, it's called fire season for a reason. Mm-hmm. Like, this is happening year after year. You've got some of these... These fires that are destroying in there in the areas that they are happening, destroying like the entire swath, right? Yeah. Uh, you've got you know fires that are racing across landscapes and and becoming mega fires or whatever. Yeah. I mean, so it, it's it's a big deal, and people's you know, and again, I mean, like people are out there fighting them, but people are also losing their 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 homes. Yeah. And so balancing all of that against what the heck do we do now that we've yeah. Now that we are where we are, what's the way forward is is a pretty crazy thing to think yeah. about. And I think that, you know, the podcast definitely put some, some ideas in there of like, okay, well, yeah. And, and I'll, you know, to bring this back to hikers in the long distance hiking community, you know, if you're out on a trail in, in say, northern Arizona, northern New Mexico, Colorado, parts of Utah, if you're in a ponderosa pine forest, um, an acre is roughly the size of a football field. So as you're walking the trail, if, you, if you're looking around and you're seeing more than 20 to 40 trees in an acre, you're looking at an unnatural, unhealthy ponderosa pine forest that needs to either see fire or it needs to see thinning. And if, you're all, if all you're looking at is a sea of trees, I want you to recognize that as an unhealthy, unnatural, dense forest that's just waiting to go up in flames and you end up with nothing. So again, it comes back to you know, I, to save a, to save the forest, you've got to thin some trees. So when I went out and hiked uh, the PCT with Zool for uh, a little while, we did uh, about 120 miles from like a little bit north of Crater Lake onward. Yeah, and we walked through an area that um, I had previously gone through on my through hike, uh, but had burned in the interim. And it was ridiculous to see like the I I, I couldn't recognize it right like it I, all the, burned it, yeah it was like. Everything was burned for at least like five, six, seven miles of trail. Wow! And uh, and yeah, it was it was insane. I mean, oh my it, god! It just looked like Mordor out there. The episode again is called America's Ring of Fire. Uh, it's the Reveal podcast. I got it on Stitcher. I'm sure you can get it on iTunes or whatever podcatcher you use. Check it out. Podcatcher. That's what they call them. Oh, apparently oh, I that was a discoism. No, I think I mean, called... it kind of sounds like one. So yeah, mm-hmm. it could be. Maybe I made that up. But anyway, check it out. It's less than an hour. You're walking on trail anyway. You got time to kill. Exactly. Why don't you learn a little about wildfire in the U.S.? Speaking of fires, I just opened the fireside chat winter spice ale. Oh, that's really? the one that Onion said was horrific. It's. I would say it's less horrific than some other things I've had. I mean, it's not great in the summer, but I also don't think I could drink 
10 of them? A whole, <laughs> even like a whole can. <laughs> I feel like... I bet Special's going to like it. it. I, want, I want to just take a sip of it. I bet Special's going to love it. It's a little too spice. Like so a little too... Fireside Chat Winter Spiced Yeah, ale. it's got a little too much of the... 45 IBUs. Like Christmas spice. <laughs> not the good kind. It's not Christmas in a cup. Well, he told us it was going to be no bueno. Special? I'm not sure I like it. You know what it tastes like? It tastes like? like a pumpkin pie, but, no. uh, but without the sweetness Did somehow. you say pumpkin? Pumpkin pie. Okay. The aftertaste hey, is like... Yeah. The aftertaste is like cough syrup. I feel like it'd be good I for feel making like pancakes. cough syrup. That's what the aftertaste is. Uh... If you've ever had like the winter spice genre, I haven't. Genre, it sounds gross. I'd say this is about what I would expect. I don't get a cough syrup aftertaste, no. but maybe, yeah. If you had more than one of these, I think you'd be in a gross, a it's, bad way. Yeah, it's it's definitely. I don't know. I, maybe it's just not my speed. <coughs> well, he said it was gross, so he's not going to be offended that we don't uh, like it. Can I do a quick commercial for this beer? Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Fireside chat. If you had more than one, you'd be in a bad way. What do you think? I, I, Is like that a good I don't know if that was good. I, I thought you were going to work in the word chat to run with chat. <laughs> I guess. Somehow. I don't know. Anyway, uh, yeah, I'd, I'll probably pass on. By the way, that, uh, what is that one? The the pale ale? Uh, it's the one special had earlier. Special, what is that? That's the uh, faction, I think. Oh, the faction? That is the faction. super, super hoppy pale ale, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little more hoppy than most pale ales, but what are you going to do? I don't know. All right, folks, we've done mailbag, media review. What do we have left? We have Ask a Hiker, P.O.D. Did you get some questions this Yes, month? I got it. I got the uh, postcard. Yeah, let's start with the postcard, and then we'll finish with the things that weren't the postcard. Okay. So this is what the postcard said. I've transcribed it into 16-point font on this page. Okay. It says, Dear Trail Show Crew, Midtime listener, short-time fan, first-time writer, I have a question for you fine folks. I'm currently hiking the AT, after which I want to move out west to a <clears throat> excuse me, great town slash city where good hiking is accessible within biking distance. Hmm. Do you have advice on a perfect place for me to live? I'd like to live in a bike-friendly city slash town that's big enough to have many job options. In parentheses, I'm in operations and finance. That has large grocery stores, but not so big where traffic is an issue or the population is over 1 million, like Denver. I like above treeline views, pine and hardwood hikes, and am frugal and aspiring mustachian. Mustachian. Mustachian? What is that like a... Mr. Money Mustache. Dot com. Right, okay. If any places come to mind, let me know. Sincerely, Ken Clut Stamps. Clut. P.S. Hiking tip. Oh, he's got a tip. This is a good trail tip. You can weigh in after I read it, and then okay. we'll go to his right, question. When in rocky areas like PA, you can look for medium-sized rock in the ground that are loose, roll them out, and you have a quick, ready-made cat hole. Mm. I've heard that this oh. is incorrect. I have heard the same. I'm going to say incorrect. Yeah, okay, should I hit the... Yeah, because I mean, like, there's there's still like bugs and stuff that live right there, and you're you're not really getting that poo down into the area where all the microbes are that you want to like help with the decontamination and, and breaking down process. And I think okay. a lot of people who roll a rock, 
then they put the rock back on top, they yeah. do. which is also very I, bad. I will tell you that uh, people who do trail work are not a big fan of that technique. Because <laughs> when, they, well, go, and when also, they go looking for uh, a yeah. nice rock to, to put exactly. in a bar and they find like... Well, and also yeah. doesn't that kind of delay the decomposition by putting that rock on top? Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. I yeah. mean, like, there's not the microbes there. So yeah. pr- I mean, like, part of the whole reason you want to do like the six inch deep hole is that's where the microbes are. Yeah. So, Clot, don't be doing that in Pennsylvania or anywhere anymore. Back to his question. Okay, right. so, so this he, man wants everything. Yeah, he wants biker-friendly town. He wants to be biking distance from trails. He wants it to be small enough that it's... Well, I mean, like, what, is his, what's, he, what does he consider biking distance? Well, you that's a good I mean? question. Like, come on. Not bigger than one million, big grocery stores, and job opportunities. And job opportunities. He wants, he wants it all. And I only came up with one possible city in Colorado that could work, and that was Durango. I feel like yeah. he mentioned above treeline views. He also said so hardwood, which that's not anywhere. He, he's got the San Juans right out his back door. He mentioned lots of job opportunities. Durango's actually a pretty decent-sized city now. Uh, it's not a million. No. Tons of grocery stores, tons of food options. Yeah, I mean, the, there's some great national parks right there. Yeah, The other option is Flagstaff. Yep, I would say Flagstaff is another. There's probably some towns in Cali, too, that would work. I would I would throw out Bozeman in Montana, yeah. although it's, it's getting pretty busy from yeah. what I've heard, but um, probably about, about as busy as Durango or Flag. I don't know. Yeah, but I will say, I, I thought about this a lot. We, we actually talked about this, and uh, Mr. Clut, I, I think that what you also need to consider is that Every single option comes with sacrifices. Yeah, there's always going to be some drawbacks That's right. regardless. And I yeah. think you have to decide what things are most important to you. So let me give you an example. We are now living in Salida, okay? 5,000 people. We do not have good grocery stores. Nope. Don't get me started. We have the Soviet Safeway. The Soviet Safeway. The and shelves are empty, people. Just barren. Yeah. There are some hiking tra- There's some trails... Hi- you know, biking distance, but really, if you're not going to do the same thing over and over, you're going to have to use a vehicle. But on the other hand, it's quiet. There's a river coming through town. There's a lot of art and music. There's hiking trails. There's 14ers. We're close to the San Juans. So job opportunities, not not, not as a much, ton. unless you're willing to work remotely and and have that yeah. but, available. But and and you know, just what, as an example, what, what did he say he does again? He does finance. Operations and finance. So, but the thing is, is that I'm not complaining about any of the drawbacks. We looked at all of those things before we chose to move here. And we decided, you know, you have to put things in those columns, the good and the not so good, and decide what you're willing to live with and what you're willing to live without. So I would just throw out there to our friend Clut that there might not be a perfect fit. And maybe there is. Maybe Durango would work or Flagstaff or Bozeman. But if it doesn't, then you also have to be flexible and think about what are the things that are most important to you yeah. and focus on that. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I, I don't think that there's ever going to be like the one spot that's going to check all of those off the list, right? Yeah. Right. I mean, like you're, you're going to have to figure out maybe a, a, like maybe go on a trip, you know, yeah. um, and uh, put a few places on the list that you think maybe feel good as far as like giving off that kind of a vibe and seem to fit with sort of I guess the numbers you're looking at and uh and I and you know seeing what the specific job opportunities within your field are. Yeah. Um but yeah, maybe go on a little trip and check some of them out, but uh, Right. 
And there is a town in northern Utah that we talked about. Um, is it Ogden? Yeah. College town? Yeah. yeah. That, but but there, then you're in Utah. You need to research Utah a little bit. They have some weird laws about alcohol and some but other we, weird things we do, going on. We do so. have some biker friends that live in Ogden. Yeah. So, and, and they people seem to be love really it. Happy. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's where ULA was started, right? I think so. Yeah. 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 I think it's actually, is it still there? I know it changed ownership, but I'm not sure if it moved cities. Bend. Oregon is another place. It's getting big, though. Oh, yeah. we're going to get hate mail from Bend people now. They don't yeah. want us. God. Well, they've yeah, got the taco trail. Talk, we're not supposed to talk about Bend anymore. The first rule about Bend, never talk, talk about, about Bend. Bend. Yeah. But the taco trail is there. I'm ready to hike it, people. What about Bellingham? Be- yeah, Beham. It's up there. It's northern that's, Washington. I, I feel like that's going to be more populated than this This person's kind of looking Oh, okay. I, 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 yeah. don't, I don't really know yeah. much about it. I mean, the Clackamas, uh, Swami says that's God's country, so check yeah. that out, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> How about Atlanta, Idaho? Uh, Population 42. 40? Yeah, you got to drive a 60-mile washboard road to get in there. Yeah. Uh, might not be a good fit for clut. <laughs> Okay, we got more Ask a Hiker yes. questions. We've got a question from D-Lo to special. Oh, oh, oh. Now I'm going to I'm going to cut the music. Special, oh. we needed you here last month. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you know, I'm sorry. I've only, I've only listened to like half of last month's episode. Okay. So, D-Lo threw out this what I found to be bizarre piece of <laughs> poop advice that I right, never what, heard before in my life. Wh- what was it? What what do we got going here? We we've got a clip and let's go to a clip. All right, let's hear it. Oh, I like this clip music. And I just want to let you know, Trail Show Nation, that I don't think you need a trowel. What? I think you just need to find a rotten log and a big, sharp stone. Hmm. This is a lightweight, minimal impact, leave no trace tip. That's right. What you need to do when you need to poo is find yourself a rotten log. Okay. And and do what with the log? Then you need to find yourself a sharp, pointy stone. And in most <laughs> places in the woods, especially technique. in the Ozark. By the way, he he was well in his cups at this point in the, I'm the evening. I'm surprised. I don't know if you can pick up on any of that, but I would I would be surprised. All right, let's that. continue. Islands Trail. You will find a plethora of rotten logs, logs that are so easy to dig into that you could almost just get in there with your bare hands. But you're not going to do that. You're going to find yourself a nice, sharp, pointy stone. And you're going to use that sharp, pointy, nice stone, just like you would a trowel, to dig yourself a nice, deep hole. And you're going to save yourself the .4 ounces and $75 of fancy titanium trowel. And you're going to use that $75 to buy Pat Axel's newest album. All right, all right. Uh, enough with the waxing purple, as Dilo was doing. So... The, so, so his, what so, do you think about that? So let me get this straight. So he he's he's suggesting that you don't bring a potty trowel, and instead like seek out sharp rocks and <laughs> rotten logs. Yes, in order to get your business done. Yes. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, like, I'm going to start by by saying, like, first off, that sounds real complicated. Yeah, that's what was my you thought. You know, like, I I need. I need a technique for me that's gonna gonna work in a variety of situations, including situations where I don't have access to a sharp rock and a soft log. Yeah, 
I'm right. thinking Arizona I mean, I'm trail. about to produce a soft log. Sometimes I don't have time to look for one on the ground. I mean, if if you're lucky, I mean, sometimes hiker food, it's not really even a log. I mean, you're trying to... Almond butter. Yeah, I mean, like, come on, let's let's be real. It's not always pretty out there, people. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, 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 I certainly don't think that I'm going to say that that's leave no trace uh, because... You know what's that log doing? It's uh, it's sitting there doing its decomposition deal, and right. like, and like I I don't know I I don't know the science here about whether a poo in a log that's decomposing would would like decompose the poo faster than if you just dug a proper cat hole next to the log. You like you can just lean up against the log maybe as you're doing your business or something. But what? like I, I'm yeah, thinking, I, yeah, I'm thinking that. And the like, reason he was he gravitated towards this type of log is that you could sit on it, right? No, I think the reason he gravitates is because it's really easy digging, and he's lazy. But you could also sit on the edges of the hole. I mean, I you basically like got a toilet. A rotten I mean, log, I, I then you're also dealing that. with like some pretty heavy soil underneath there. Yeah, right? I it's feel usually like, like a well-developed people are soil always there. saying about how they sit and lean over logs, and I'm just like. That all sounds like poop all over my body. That's all I can think about. Is like, wow, that's a. If I sit, I think that's a category special. <laughs> it probably is. If I sit down, <laughs> all over my body. Like, they're like I, I hang my poop, butt over poop, the over poop. a log. You see, I'm like what? Then it gets on the log, and I gotta be full squat when I'm out there, man. I gotta be. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that one. Like, I all I need to do is dig a de- dig a decent cat hole, you know, like. And and I'll be real, like I don't I don't typically use a potty trowel. Like we've recently gotten one, and like I'm trying to be a good boy about it because oh, we, we got the deuce of spades, and it's like super light, so you know whatever. But but whatever you're gonna do, like just dig a nice hole in the ground and poop in it. It's, it's got to be a tremendous hole. It's got to be <laughs> the biggest, best hole you've ever dug. Special. Oh, I don't think that I could dig a hole deep enough for this. It's got to be the best <laughs> hole of the biggest nature in for, the most tremendous for location. For you? I heard there was like this asteroid that impacted. I don't want to talk to you anymore, special. Big enough. Is uh, Dilo Renzo there? Right. Did I, you need a safe space? I actually miss Dilo, I gotta say. Is Dilo Renzo there? He's, He's supposed to be working on my wall. I love it when he gets, you know, off the rails and his eyes start to close. Donald Trump out. <laughs> you mean right around like the beginning of the show? Exactly. <laughs> well, that was right kinda... when he shows up and he's riding his bike in circles around the room. Yeah. Yeah. How, how does he get access to the trail show like hotline? Like he just I pops mean, he, in sometimes. Dude, he controls the NSA and all that now. I mean, oh, like I it's just who, right. who knows what kind of technology. Anyway, strange. So, so we, I don't know. I think so. We think it's we think it's a. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna have to shut that one down. Yeah, I'm just gonna say dig a cat, <clears throat> dig a cat hole, people. Dig yeah, a cat hole. it's not that tough. Nope. Anyway. All right. You got That's another? It? What? Wait. Sh- what? No more ask a hiker questions. All right, people. This this is a little well, disappointing. Well, might have some, but I didn't ask him. So we got a postcard that was two months old, and, and we played <laughs> some harp from... music and a clip from last month's show. People, we need more Ask a Hiker questions. And send them to pod at thetrailshow dot com. No, that, that's really D-Lo. all we He's had. He's going to be on the next show. Okay. All we had was I. I said don't don't dig your hole in a log. Yeah. Oh, don't man. put your log in a log. That's disappointing. Don't put your log. Yeah, no log stuffing, log stuffings or something. A gear review. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, yeah.
been a while since we've had Special 41 on the show. Let's rock out. Oh, yeah. All right, special. Steaks, baby. Now, I don't... Steak it up. What you haven't heard is that this 10-steak review segment has gotten a lot of traction. I mean, we had the we had the company that sent us the ground claws. The ground claw, yeah, that big sort of like with the, with the nice curve to it. And we had at least three people on last month's iTunes reviews mention That's the 10-steak reviews. So I just want you to know you've you've started well, something. Well, and, and and Mags had like a tent steak uh, tip, basically, right? I mean, he had like those. What was it? Roofing railroad nails? railroad spikes? spikes. Oh no, Mags had the roofing. Yeah, it was nails. like roofing nails. Oh, yeah. or something and then like a that. listener last month recommended two pound railroad spikes. <laughs> That's correct. Oh well, I mean, I'm I'm sure they would be great for some situations. Yeah. So I think you could uh, use the the old crowler, the thirty two ounce aluminum can. You yeah. Pack, you pack it out. You drink all the beer, and then you use your pocket knife to uh, pry the top off, and then you fill it with stones, and it's heavy, and you can use it as a tent stake. What do you think? Is this Special 41 approved or no? <laughs> I'm going to say no. <laughs> a big but no I, I, think that, huh? I think what you could do, if you really wanted to get creative about it, is you could like cut around the uh, the entire edge of the top of the can and the bottom of the can yeah so that you had just like that little sheet of uh, of, of like the the main section a cylinder if yeah you will. that cylinder and then cut that the length of it so that you just had like a sheet of metal and then you could roll that real tight oh I see where you're going with yeah this. Like, a doobie. Then, like form it into uh, like some into, of that like, marijuana spike a little bit like that. I mean, if you can and roll actually, a tight blunt, I'm sure you, you could, could probably you turn could this roll thing a into a tent stake. And smoke it, and then use it as a tent You'd stake. You'd probably have to in order to like really <laughs> get the technique right or something <laughs> like that. But yeah, I, I suppose conceivably, in a pinch, if you needed to and had smoked a tight blunt, you might be able to cut up a crowler and make it into I a think tent so. stake. Uh, and if you uh, if you happen to decide to do that, please make sure that you send those pictures to us. Uh, please make sure that if you cut yourself with <laughs> you the knife uh, because of the big blunt uh, or the sharp edges of the can, that, that you just go to the doctor immediately and don't mention the trail show. Yeah, yeah. and you could probably email Buck30 at uh, btansman.net if you're interested in Legal action. Uh, uh, I will say, you know, if you do have ideas for, for tent stakes that we should review, you have a crazy cool one, um, feel free to send them to us. We'll, we'd love to check them out. What's your trail show email? Special? I believe it's special at uh, the trail show. It's either special or special 41 at the trail show. Yeah, try both. Yeah, yeah and it's spelled both weird. People one will work. <laughs> just go to the website, people. Yeah, S P E S H U L. Yeah. Just like it sounds if you were, hike, if you were stoned. Yeah, exactly. Or four. Or four. Yeah. B.O.D., did you have a question from Snorkel that you failed to nope. ask? Okay. She was going to send us a question, and she said... And she failed. It was, just she like said it up? was too serious. Oh. For the trail show. How, yes. how is that possible? I don't understand. She Sounds pretty vague. That's... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, I'm dropping papers. We should just make one up on her behalf. Yeah. Did what, Snorkel what? have a question this month, B.O.D.? Her her questions about hygiene. Yeah, that's way too serious for the drill <laughs> show. Yeah, we would. When it know, comes really. to snorkel, it is. All right, folks. Is that this it? Is, really? Yeah. Is that that sound? It's the sound. The one that means the thing. It's the part of the about show where the we time? end the show. We end the show. That's the show. I mean, 
Did we leave anything out? I don't think so. Uh, no, we did leave something out. Okay. Okay. Last month, we put a call out to Trail Show Nation that uh, you know our Boulder uh, recording studio is no more. We said if anybody has connections in Boulder, specifically Central and South Boulder, specifically somewhere around Delo's house, Delo's house, yeah. which is somewhere close to Neptune Mountaineering. Uh, if you're within like a three mile radius of Neptune Mountaineering, we need a Boulder recording location. We had someone reach out to us from Longmont, which is not anywhere close to Neptune Mountaineering. I mean, I suppose in the grand scheme, you know, it's maybe 15, 20 miles but, from Neptune. Uh, but what we're really going for is like D-Lo, biking uh, distance. like intoxicated biking distance. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we need a south or central south Boulder recording location. If you have a friend, family member, or anything, I don't know, business, nonprofit, trail company, trail organization. Or maybe you just have like a really creepy RV. Yeah, we could. We, we talked about the does possibility it, of recording have, in a van. Does it have Wi-Fi? We need Wi-Fi. That's no, the I only mean, like, rub. You know, we, yeah, we need a little electricity, some yeah. Wi-Fi. Brewery? Brewery, Brewery with a back nice. room could work. We need... Yeah, yeah like we can't do room. live shows every month. That's no. too yeah, loud. I mean, like, we can't have too, too much loud. noise, but... Contact me, disco at thetrailshow.com. We need to record a show in Boulder next month, August, and uh, we, as of this moment, don't have a recording location. So if you want more Trail Show, help us make this happen. Otherwise, I guess we'll do it at the bus station. Yep, for we sure. Could. We could do it at the bus station. This month's show was brought to you by Alda West, the American Long Distance Hiking Association, organization of individuals interested in the pursuit of all long distance hiking. Visit their website, www.alldawest.org, to find out about the Rocky Mountain High inaugural Colorado Gathering, September 29th through October 1st. I'm giving space, a talk there. Space is limited. And early bird registration ends July 31st. You can still register after that, but you won't get the discounted price. And special is going to present. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna give special is going to present. It's going to be in the house. I'll be there. POD will be there. Will D-Lo be there? Probably. He'll come for the I day. Think, I think he will. Yeah. So the whole trail show is going to be there. Yep. Come out. Great. Hang out with us. We'll give you some blood orange IPA stickers. And uh, you'll condoms. get to have and yeah, free condoms, yeah. likely to be some of those. Halloween edition ones, just bright yeah. orange. Bright orange. You heard it, yeah. Blaze orange. Yeah, hunter, hunter safety. Yeah. And, and maybe some midnight black ones. Yeah, maybe. absolutely. We'll see. We'll see. You never know. We'll see how it plays yeah, out. Yeah, we'll see. Thanks to everyone for tuning in today. A big thanks to Julie Mock of Colorado Mountain Club for guesting in studio today and talking to us about CMC's great work that they're doing. A big thanks to Ken Kurtz from the Ozark Trail Association for talking to us. And about Eric and Aaron. Yeah, yeah, and Eric and Aaron. That was a very cool on-the-fly interview mm-hmm. you were able to score. And we'll let you know when Ken Kurtz posts that uh, mud wrestling video. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Get more info at ozarktrail.com. Thanks goes to The Onion and Frito Rolltai Garcia for the beverages this evening. Did the we talk about Frito's beers? No, but he sent us a bunch of high-end stuff. We haven't finished it all. We haven't opened it tonight. Tell you what, let's table that with Scavengers beers for yeah. next month. And we still have one more onion beer to open, so when we wrap up, we're just going to sit here and pass it around. Sounds good. And of course, thanks and praise goes to all our monthly PayPal donors. You too will get thanks and praise and some fantastic Blood Orange IPA stickers 
for a $10 or more donation at thetrailshow.com. Speaking of which, thank you to The Bobby Walters for being our inaugural monthly donor, support from the beginning, and sharing her trip with us. Yeah, big Yeah, that was fun to actually have her on the show. Just hit the PayPal button, folks. You can always find us at thetrailshow.com, twitter.com slash trailshow, on Insty and Facebook at The Trail Show, on Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and of course on iTunes. You can find us on Twitter individually. You can go back to a previous show to figure out what those handles are. And another trail show is coming on. But don't fret. We'll be back next month with more beers, trails, and nonsense. In the meantime, for the Princes of Darkness, Special 41, and Delo in Absentia, I'm Disco. Ciao. And we also have the Curtis Ware here on the table. Oh, yeah. yeah. We do. We have the Curtis Ware cutout. It's like a little cutout voodoo doll type thing. I think his arm is broken. What happens if I do this to his hand? <laughs> Don't do it, man. He might feel Oh, that. God. <laughs> Somewhere in Missouri, he might feel that. Oh. What, do, you, do you feel this, Curtis? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to touch your hand. <laughs> Ozark Trail. Ozark Trail. Whoop, whoop. Ozark Trail. Ozark, Ozark Trail. I really do think they should have some mud wrestling on a mega event. Mega. Be, I mean, these megas sound pretty fun. Yeah. They've got bands. Mega. Bands, Mega. People. Some dandy brews. Some, you got some dandy brews. It'll tell you what, driving county, oh, not man. stop me. Show's over? Right now. I think it's over. Is it over? Right now. I think it's over. That's the show. In a second. Okay, bye. Wait, did you say uh, Apache t-shirt? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. You might want to get some new ones. Bobby, talk to me about the Zika. I've heard the Zika's down there. Were you concerned? I gotta be full squat when I'm out there, man.